Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Gold Gold Central. The world is listening. to the whole Andy show. Your dedicated home for all things indie in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. When I say, I mean what I mean, I say, and they become anthems. I told you, if you let me out of my cage, I'm going to pile of bodies to the sky. They just gave me a live mic on pay-per-view. If you all don't mind, I'd like to get a few things off my chest. My name is Kevin Steen. And fuck Ring of Honor! Fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. With your hosts, Ashley is my name. You ripped out my heart! You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed my heart. You flushed my soul. And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. And the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams. There are so many amendments in the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of America. But I plead, fifth, uh, one, two, three, four, fifth. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you are having a good 4th of July weekend. This is the whole indie show. Ashley here, yeah, a British guy talking about the 4th of July. Seems like a paradox, but, yeah, that's that's the way things roll, and hope everybody's having a good safe day, as well, or good safe weekend as well, not doing something that's ludicrously stupid, like probably some wrestler will do over this past weekend, because you'll see it on DMZ on Monday. And if that does happen, I'm not Nostradamus, because that probably, you know, it's expected. 
Anyway, joining me this week, I think, well, we might be able to get Randy, but apparently he might have hit the bottle too hard from celebrating 4th of July or celebrating L Train's birthday, which I'll get to in a minute. But uh, definitely with me this week is Sandra. How you doing, Sandra? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm getting ready for 4th of July, which is... As of this date, then is not yet until tomorrow night, but I'm pretty okay, sure... that I'll... blows my reason for Randy not making it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably, getting, he's probably on the road, just like every other... Yeah, he's American. probably getting drunk early. Uh... Or he's probably getting high, I don't know, maybe. Um, no. But... Uh... Cannot verify the drugs that... We don't do drug testing on this show. We're like TNA, uh, which, again, we'll get to that as well. But... Well, it's just weed, and... Well, anyways... Yeah. Yeah. The marriage of iguanas. That's nearly up there with sinking the mayor. But uh first up, uh we're actually gonna go to the emails. Because I wanna get it through now because I missed our train's email from last week due to uh how congested the schedule was last week. So I apologize for that, L-Train. So I'm going to do it first because it's your birthday. So we can get the birthday greetings out the way first as well. So L-Train, as a birthday treat, I am offering out a... I was going to say an olive branch, but this isn't like a peace talk thing. I'd like you on for next week's show. Because huh? so I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about the Cali wrestling scene because obviously you're you're part of it because of all the EWF and the championship wrestling from Hollywood stuff you go to and also I want to I just want to get you on so I can work out where PWG is in relation to you and why you can't go I hope if it's at the other side of the country then I I get it but I'd like to get you on and talk about that that, that, that really petered into nothing, but there you go. That's my that's my offer to you, L Train. Hit me up on uh, Facebook or whatever, saying whether you're free. You you know when we record because you send the emails in right on time. <laughs> but coming to L Train's email, uh, passing along some info for Empire Wrestling Federation stacked month, as apparently July is their summer tour. This Friday, July fifth. They're going to be having a show at Knights of Columbus Hall in Covina, California at 8pm with uh, Ryan Taylor versus Vintage Dragon, a USA versus Lebanon flag match with Uptown Andy Brown versus, and he knows I'm going to try and butcher this name, but he hasn't worked out that I've tried to figure out what it is, so I'm going to say Rasid Najjar. Bless you. If that's correct, I need to be verified next week. Some shape or form, Rasid Najjar, and the main event will be Scorpio Sky and Big Duke taking on Richie Slade and the EWF Heavyweight Champion Iron Man Mike Mays. This Saturday as well, EWF will be hosting a free wrestling event. It's free, people. It costs you nothing. At the Las Playas Restaurant, located at 17509 Foothill Avenue in Fontana, California. Starting at 3 p.m. and tentatively scheduled to go to about 8. So, even if you take an interval out of that, it's about a four-hour show. So you're getting, I would say you're getting your money's worth there, but you're getting it for free, so it's not even costing you money. So, 
I, you know, any, any wrestling that's free, got to go to it, damn it. Uh, Saturday, July 13th, they're going to be having a return to the School of Hard Knocks, which, uh, from what L-Train told me, is like the wrestling school that EWF operates under kind of thing. At the MC Sports Centre at 297 East Redlands Boulevard in San Bernard San Bernardino. Tentative scheduled matches include Patient Zero versus Tarasso, Tab Jackson versus Hudson Envy, the tag champions of EWF, the Von Dooms, Vintage Dragon Cyanide, taking on the Fallen Empire, uh, Mondo Vega and Ryan Taylor, and my man, Iron Man Mike Mays will be defending his EWF belt against Lockdown Tony Rays. Friday, July 19th, they're going to be having a show at the VFW Post 8070 on 250 East 250 East and 1st uh, in Azusa, California. One of the match confirmed so far for that is Fallen Empire versus Richie Slade and Uptown Andy Brown, as well as Mike Mays defending his belt against the 400-pound monster that is Terex. And then finally, on the 21st of July, they will be at the San Manuel Stadium, 280 South East Street in San Bernardino. Tentatively scheduled as an all-day event. No, uh, no match is set for that as of yet. Uh, L-Train will be emailing in to give some of the results of the first shows as well as the ins- as results of last week's IWL show. Or you can actually come on if if you uh, manage to get on. If not, just email it with uh, whatever you want to, L-Train. But I would like to get you on next week to discuss a little about the uh, California independent scene. Because obviously there is a big one in PWG, but as you, can, as you cover us every week, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on there. So, yeah, I'd really like to have you on. I think Sandro would as well. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> hey, let's face it, PWG is the most important one in Cali. I'm just saying. Oh. This is going to be a battle now. <laughs> a war of words has never been seen before. Speaking of a war of words, uh, one of the interesting stories that came through this week Apparently, Low Key is telling promoters that he's retired unless it's the right program with a major group. It's an interesting situation. Apparently, he's also been in talk. One of the big ones was he was in talks with All Japan but wanted such a huge guarantee that it didn't make sense for them to uh, bring him on. So, I guess... Is does this mean that he's got a bit too much of an ego for himself, or is he just trying to make sure he's got somewhere that he's got a stable job, considering everything that seems to be going on in Japan at the minute with all these reports that I hear about uh, talent coming and going quicker than you know water out of a tap? Well, we'll, we'll get into that a bit later. Yeah. But- uh, I'm kind of surprised he even wanted to even have talks with All Japan with all the situations that they had. I would have thought he would have tried to work out with uh, New Japan because he did have a good run in the last couple of months. And uh, for those that don't know, uh, he, he's kind of being uh, semi-retired, as you said. Uh, 
We only come back into wrestling with, unless it's the the right money with the right storyline and uh, any promotion. But one of the things that he's going to be doing uh, that's not wrestling, he's actually going to be a vo- voiceover actor, which is actually good for him because we, we've all heard him talk. And yeah, with his voice, it makes sense. Yeah. So he'll definitely do good over there. But uh, as far as him with the this, he him wanting a right storyline with the, I guess a major group in his words. Um, I don't know how or which promotion he would be interested in. I mean, obviously the last U.S. independent uh, promotion that he was a part of was, uh, of course, Giant Gate USA slash Evolve. I'm not sure he'd be interested to go back there. Uh, of course, he said he wants the right storyline with the right person, but um, I think he he left a good uh, career in, in in the indie scene. We all know his run in TNA in in the early days, as well as uh, the mid 2000s, of course. And everybody, uh, I guess, maybe wants to forget his run in WWE. Some of those. Um, but of course, there are certain people in the IWC that are somewhat glad that he's leaving because of his reputation backstage. And to an extent, I would agree, but uh, I do enjoy his in-ring work. And um, you know what? I- I'm happy for him that he- if he wants to take his time off as far as wrestling goes, that wants to focus on other ventures. And, you know, hopefully he'll do well. Yes, um... Now, I kind of hinted at it, but do you want to go into more depth about the, well, I don't know if it's chaos or, I don't know what you call it in Japan. Oh, well, okay, I guess we could go there. Um, All Japan has, I guess, somewhat in shambles right now. Uh, Last Sunday, they, they held their recent Super Show in Sumo Hall, uh, which was headlined uh, for the uh, Triple Crown Champion as uh, Suwama defended the Triple Crown Champion, defeating Junakiyama. Now, over the last couple of months on this show, we've uh, there's been some reports about certain changes in the company with the new ownership of Shirashi, uh, him and uh, Speed uh, Partners, I believe that's the name of the company, that owns the All Japan. Uh, we have we have announced before that Keiji Muto, who was a part of the promotion as well as the president of the company, he's been resigned from the promotion, and because of that, a lot of wrestlers on the current roster had decided to follow in the footsteps of Muto, and it's a lengthy list of the talent that has decided to leave. I'll just mention a few of those talents: uh, Cash Ayashi. Shuji Kondo, who at the time was the head booker for All Japan, so now he's gone. Uh, Minoru Tanaka, Hiroshi Yamato, who was the, one of their young upstarts that they're trying to push. Uh, Seiya Sonata, also another young uh, uprising talent who is currently in Canada, uh, who did confirm a few days ago that he, he is leaving. Um, Masayuki Kono was a, a good talent there as well. He's leaving as well. Um, several of the a few main event talents are also leaving as well. 
so currently, as far as the current roster for All Japan, it's about, let's see, six, seven, about at best 10 or 12 right now. And, of course, uh, people were speculating if Mudo would be forming his own promotion or go into other promotions. And for me personally, I don't think it's a good idea for him to even start a, a new promotion from scratch unless he gets someone uh, to be partners with, unless um, he finds someone who runs a multi-billion dollar company to help him finance his promotion. But... Oh, go to other promotions. You know, I, I think it would be interesting to see someone like, let's say, Shuji Kondo either to return to Dragon Gate or even go to New Japan for that matter. You know, there's a lot yeah. of good talent that has left that would be... will have good matches in different promotions. So, right now, All Japan, what I think they're going to do is what they did the last time, back in 2000, back when uh, Masawa... And, you know, the other guys that left. Uh, I think All Japan is going to try to ask for help from other promotions to lend their wrestlers to help them uh, help out with their upcoming shows until they get a, until All Japan gets a stable roster, which could take a while. So expect All Japan to ask help from other promotions. They're not going out of business unless uh, Shirashi decides that you know this was a this was what that I thought I I was way over my head. It's up to him if he wants to continue running Old Japan or he decides to just shut it down completely. So as of now, Old Japan is still running. They have been confirmed a couple of shows for July and a, a few shows in August. But uh, right now they're in they're somewhat in danger, but not completely. Yeah. Uh, Japan as well is also going to be getting after the news, I think it was last week that Miss Allison Kay is going to be heading over for a tour it mm -hmm. also has now been announced that Serena Deeb will be going over to Japan later this month to be Wrestling for Wrestling New Classic yes, uh, Wrestling New Classic is a promotion an independent promotion that is being run by former ECW WWE star Tajiri. That is a promotion. He does have a few uh, female talents in his uh, promotion. So uh, Serena Deeb should fit in well. There's a chance she might wrestle a few male wrestlers as well. So it should be interesting to see how she does. And um, I guess because we can get the... Japanese stuff out the way. I think you've got. Well, let's do this now, and not as picks because I don't think I'm really into it enough. But do you want to run through the the card, which is roughly well, it's happening between recording and broadcast or podcast release, which is annoying. But uh, do you want to quickly go through the Dragon Gate Japan card that's happening? Uh, this past Thursday. Yeah, sure. It's confusing for me to just call it past Thursday when it's in the future as we're recording. <laughs> of course, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, it's already on demand on Ustream. Uh, for those that don't know, Dragon Gate will be having a, I guess, live IP per view, which is to celebrate their 
quote-unquote 300th edition of their TV series Infinity, which in fact is actually Infinity 303, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways. Uh, Who's counting? Yeah. Oh, wait, the internet. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, they have about, uh, I guess, six matches. Well, seven matches, including the dark match, I guess, which we'll quickly go through. The dark match is a tag team match with uh, Kenichiro Ai and Super Shisa to take on Chihiro Tomonaga and Super Shenlong 3. The first match is a six-man tag with the Jimmy team of Genki Horiguchi, H.J. Jimmy, Jimmy Kanda, and Mr. QQ, Naoki Tanazaki, Toyonaka Dolphin, your favorite, Ashley. To take on the World One International team of Ricochet, Rich Swan, and Sachi Hoko Boy. Uh, the next four matches are actually one-on-one matches, which is rare. You don't really see that much those kind of matches that often in Dragon Gate. Uh, the first singles match is a is Jimmy Kagitora to take on Cybercon. Uh, the next match is Kness to take on Hub. Oh, the next one is actually a tag match. Of my mistake. It's uh, Mundai Ryu and KZ of Mad Blanky to take on the uh, Team Veteran Army of Dragon Kid and Gamma. And the last uh, singles match is Akira Tozawa to take on Shingo Takaji. And the main event is actually a 10-man tag, but here's the thing. It's going to have like a, I guess like a lethal lottery style in which uh, there are 10 wrestlers, but Nobody knows who they're teaming with. So there's going to be like a, a lottery with the wrestlers' names and they're going to pull a name out of the, the basket and they say, oh, this wrestler's going to team with this wrestler and the other team's going to be so-and-so. Okay. So the competitors in this uh, special 10-man tag, uh, competitors are Shima, Masaki Bochizuki, Ryo Jimmy Saito, Jimmy Susumu, Don Fuji, Naruki Doi, Yamato, Masada Yoshino, BB Hulk, and Uha Nation. Now, the teams will be decided at the start of the show, so that will be interesting. Uh, of course, as I said before, this will be on Ustream, and it will cost you $20. So by the time you hear this on podcast, it will be already up. So I would suggest all of you guys, if you're a fan of Dragon Gate or, I guess, high-flying wrestling, you'll probably enjoy this. I definitely recommend it. Of course, that is not the only Japanese promotion having an iPay-Per-View that week, which is, of course, New Japan is having their special iPay-Per-View, which will take place on the Friday, July 5th. Uh, I'm only going to give a few of the matches. Uh, uh, one of the matches is a tag match, Katsuchika Okada and Yoshihashi to take on Carl Anderson and Bad Luck Fale. Uh, the semifinal match is actually for the CMLL World Tag Team titles. El Terrible and Tamataga, who are the defending champions, to defend their titles against Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shushin Thunder Liger. Now, the main event of that show will be headlined for the IWGP World Junior Heavyweight title as Prince Devitt is set to defend his title against Gato. Now, I'm assuming this show will also be on Ustream. And I'm not entirely sure how much the price was. I mean, the price is, but I'm guessing it's going to be 25 bucks at best, which is their standard price. So, um, if you're interested, uh, I guess check it out. 
uh, there's nothing really special out of this match, in my opinion. I guess I guess I'm kind of looking forward for the CMLL tag team title match. That could be interesting. You also had the the storyline going on with the Chaos team against the Bullet Club, so it should be very interesting. All building towards um, the show in is it later in July or is it August? It's actually late in July on the twentieth. Okay, so it's in a couple of weeks. Okay. Now, uh, thanks to WWN Live, we've got another match to add to the pick later on. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Uh, some more news from them regarding uh, matches that have been added to their Dragon Gate USA New York tour coming up at the end of the month. For the show in Queens, we've got Tony Nese taking on Akira Tozawa. Hmm. And John Davis versus Chuck Taylor, a rematch from the Evolve 21 show. Interesting. With the stipulation to be announced next week. Be interesting to see what that stipulation is. And then for the 28th, we've got the Young Bucks taking on Ricochet and Rich Swan for the anniversary show. And then in the Shikara tribute, the now defunct promotion. So, is it defunct? I don't know. Oh, I don't qualify as defunct. I know what's yeah. going on. So. I've just yeah, Abe defunct. <laughs> that that's a, <laughs> that sounds like a wrestler. Abe defunct. Um, yeah. It's going to be Jigsaw, Fire Ant, Frightmare, and Amasis taking on Chuck Taylor, Ophidian, and the Bateri. So, by the looks of it, Jigsaw's face again, possibly. Well, I guess to the extent you can. Because Fire Ant, Frightmare, and Amasis are face, and Aphidian yes. and Bateri and Chuck can obviously can be heel. Unless he's in PWG at the minute. You know, I'm I'm glad that they decided to bring some of the talent in the Dragon Gate uh, shows here in New York. So I'm very looking forward to see that match. It should be a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. Now, uh, another thing that's definitely worth mentioning, Ring of Honor have announced that they will be going to uh, Turner Hall, Milwaukee, Wisconsin next week with some interesting matches there. you got Matt Taven defending his TV title against Jay Lethal, Adam Cole, and Elgin in a four-way. Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards will both be taking on the tag team champions. Richards taking on Fish. Bobby Fish and Edwards taking on Kylo Riley, so clearly heading towards. I don't know. I don't know when it is, but I think there is a match coming up, live event wise, which will be having the American Dragons versus uh, Red Dragon. Kevin Steen will be facing Silas Young. Mike Bennett will face B.J. Whitmer and Athena versus Mischief. We'll probably get, do picks on them next week. They've also announced that Paul London will be coming back for their. August the 3rd show in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Now, this is some interesting stuff as well. The WrestleCon situation. I think we, were, we reported on a few weeks back that WrestleCon was going to be doing their own stuff separate from what WWN Live was doing. Uh, they've announced that the 
They will be doing sessions with the WrestleCon-related stuff. There will be a $5 wrestling event part of it. A comedy show from Marty DeRosa, who's the the guy that's with Colt Cabana on his uh, worst promo ever stuff on YouTube. And he does the commentary for $5 wrestling alongside Colt. Uh, admission to vendors and autograph and photo sessions as well for the Saturday morning, I guess, show. I say it's Saturday and Sunday. There's going to be two separate Saturday events and then a Sunday event. Okay. Now, what's happened is WWN uh, WWN Live is basically going to have their own WrestleCon of sorts. Wrestling convention, basically. Yeah, their own convention. Basically, Dragon Gate, Evolve, Shimmer, and Kaiju won't be a part of it. But there will be shows from those four promotions all day Sunday. Well, Friday, all day Saturday, and Sunday on the WrestleMania weekend. So, uh, there may be more details coming in the next week or so, but. Yeah, Kaiju, Dragon Gate Evolve, and Shimmer will all be coming as part of WWN Live. From what I can tell, the stuff with WrestleCon will be featuring Ring of Honor. It will be featuring Shikara, or X-Shikara, however you want to look at it. It will be featuring PWG. Um, I think possibly PWX. I think they said. I don't recall. I know. They did mention quite a few promotions that would be part of it. So keep keep an eye out for that. We'll probably report more on it next week. It's very interesting that um, now, aside from the usual WrestleCon, although this will be the second WrestleCon that they'll have, it's nice to see that uh, the WWN live crew have decided to have their own convention to have shows there and of course uh, competition does bring out good business so this should be very interesting to see how they're going to plan the shows out yeah so now I think we'll quickly move to because I'm just looking at the stuff there is a couple of discussion points one that was posted on um our wall and one that has been topical as of the date of recording and probably will be for the rest of the week and the weekend. But uh, I think for time, re- you know, time-wise, because I know Sandro wants to give his thoughts on the AIW show that happened this past week, which you did see. Uh, I'll quickly go through results and let him quickly skip through uh, his thoughts on that. So. Pro Wrestling Evo had a show this past uh, Friday. So I was trying to work out when the 28th was because I don't have a calendar in front of me. Uh, the This Is Wrestling Final Chapter show. Um, won't go, yeah. I will go through all of them. Uh, Mr. Elite Drew Myers beat Chase Brown with, uh, in the first match. American Tiger beat Andrew Everett. Joe Black beat Eric Royal. The worst case scenario, Elijah Evans the fourth and Ethan Case beat the dashing stashes of Zane Riley and Jake Manning. 
in an Anything Goes rules match, Kevin Steen beat Marcellus King, apparently after two F5s, with the second being on a chair. Ouch. Serco beat Robin Golfin. No, that isn't a spelling mistake, Sandro. It is a golfin, not a dolphin. <laughs> Cedric Alexander beat Trevor Lee. Chip Day defeated Caleb Conley with a roll-up and a handful of tights to retain his Super Hex Championship. And the Pro Wrestling Evo Championship was also retained as Corey Hollis beat Eddie Edwards. Uh, PWX had a show on Saturday. The It's All About Me show. It is on video on demand if you want to catch it. The Dark Match saw Zane Dawson beat Chase Brown. Then on the main card... Uh, spoilers if you don't want to if you want to watch the video on demand stuff Zane Riley beat Billy Brash Kylo Riley beat Mr. Elite Amber O'Neill and Santana Garrett defeated Amy Love and Amanda Rodriguez Chip Day Trevor Lee and Corey Hollis had a three way match for the IETV championship Corey Hollis apparently demanded he to be part of the match I guess because he was due a shot I'm not sure but it went to the 10-minute time limit draw, so each man receives a rematch at any time. So they both wanted it then and there, so the match was restarted and Chip Day retained. So, that's a bit of a weird book in there. Cedric Alexander beat Jay Lethal. Then the tag team championships were on the line in the Fatal 4-Way, with Manning and Skyler versus American Tiger and Andrew Everett. Worst case scenario of Eli Evans and Ethan Case, along with Tommy Thomas in their corner and Darren Dean in there and Solo. Now, this is the interesting thing. John Schuyler appeared on the video wall, apparently, from England with his tag title and told Jake Manning to defend them by himself. <laughs> wow, that's a bit. Well, no. What kind of title apparently, apparently, Manning did retain the titles for his team, amazingly. With a rope-assisted pile driver. So full credit there. He was a man down and still won. We know who the workhorses of that team is. And it isn't the British guy. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, Skyler. And in the main event, the steel cage match for the PWX title, Caleb Connolly did successfully retain against Kevin Steen with a God's last gift after Carino wouldn't count the fall for Steen. Apparently after... Everything happened. Steen called Carino out for a match on their next PWX show, and that whether or not Carino was retired, Steen was going to fight him and would permanently retire him for good. Big ooh and everything. <laughs> next, uh, just have a quick look, see what order it's in. Uh, the Wrestling Care Show. Which, if you remember, this is like the charity show, isn't it, that they do? Yes, it is. So much of the proceeds go to charity, and it's also to find uh, the race for the ring tournament. Started off with a 10-bell salute for Matt Bourne, which we should have mentioned, but uh, I don't know how much he's done hugely on the indie scene when most people will just know him for Doink the Clown. I, I just jumping away from that um, yeah Matt Bourne I, he did do some indie stuff didn't he Sandra 
probably mostly in his doink persona. Yeah, after and his... again, there's about five or six doinks going around. I swear, there's one that goes on the UK stuff all the time that claims to be doink, but I don't think is. Yeah, after his stint in uh, WWF, uh, and then after his stint in ECW, he he was second around the Indies since then. He's been making a couple of appearances here and there. I uh, don't really know about his stint in the independent scene, but uh, it is kind of sad to hear what happened. And uh, definitely, yeah. uh, condolences go to his family and friends. Yeah, definitely. Thoughts out to everybody, especially uh, Evan. Hope you're doing okay. Uh, so, yeah, back to the Wrestling Care Show. Uh, this is apparently the final set of matches for the first round in the tournament. If you remember, all the matches are 10-minute Ironman matches. If it's a draw, they go to an extra five minutes, and if it's still a draw, that's it. Uh, first match saw Adam Pearce beat Adam Page. Basically, uh, it, the deciding fall came with actually a TKO with a one last ride as Adam Page was unable to continue. And as the TKO was decided, Pierce was ahead 2-1. So uh, Pierce would have, would have won it anyway before the TKO happened. Johnny Gagano beat the natural Chase Stevens 4-3. Willie Mack beat the certified tough guy Brandon Gatson 2-1. Drake Younger beat DJ Hyde. The match was actually one all, but DJ Hyde pushed the referee, so a point got taken away, so Drake Younger wins 1-0. Genius. Uh, the Promise Antonio Thomas beat Alec Reynolds 3-2 in overtime. BJ Whitmer beat Sean Tempers 2-1. And in a match to determine an alternate competitor in Race for the Ring, which I think was because the fact that Davey Richards and Kyle O'Reilly went to a draw. And a draw in overtime as well. So they both got eliminated. Uh, Timothy Thatcher beat old school Oliver John 2-1 in overtime. So Timothy Thatcher gets a big chance there, definitely. And then... EWS Fallen Empire of Ryan Taylor and Mondo Vega defeated Millennium Pro Wrestling's Lethal Logan and JJ Steele. So EWF reigns supreme. L-Train is smiling. <laughs> I bet he is. And interesting to note that the next Wrestling Care show will be featuring Matt Hardy and Ryan Shamrock. Hmm. That's interesting. Who I don't think Ryan Shamrock actually was Ken's sister, was it? No, that's just storyline. It's the key fib. To the point it's that the was key. to the point that they were actually going out, um, like in real life during that storyline. <laughs> so if only that happened when you know he got absolutely frustrated, Vince. You know, when he got frustrated at Serena for not being in her gimmick. It's like, your brother and sister in in fake life, and in real life you're dating? Awkward. Speaking of awkward, though, AAW had their show this past Friday. The uh, Bound by Hate show. So... Uh, first thing to note about this, Sammy Callan wasn't able to make the show 
due to an auto issue. Which some people thought, oh yeah, bullcrap. Well, apparently what it was, the U-Haul company didn't attach his rig correctly. Because the tyre flew off his car. Yes, and there is a... Uh, Sammy did tweeted a picture of it, and as you can see, the wheel's not there. At all. There's a giant skid where the wheel has gone into the tarmac. Yeah, or the so asphalt, whatever you want to call it. Bad timing, and uh, sad to hear that Sammy cut a mix to the show, because of course, if he had made it to the show, this was his last indie appearance. So as of now, Sammy is in Florida, in NXT at this moment. He is WWE-ing. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But, uh, of course, it was going to be him versus uh, Samurai, wasn't it? Yeah. So, that's a bit sad. Uh, But, through the results, uh, Eddie Kingston cut a promo, which is apparently awesome, according to the PWG, uh, PW, P, PW Pondering, sorry, reporter, PWG. We'll get to that. It's because the promo apparently was on PG from Eddie Kingston, which isn't a surprise given the attitude that he's got in AAW at the minute. Uh, Marion Fontaine and Lewis Linden beat Tweak Phoenix and Lamar Titan. Heather Patera beat Heidi Lovelace of a handful of tights. Alex Colon beat Marcus Crane in under 90 seconds. Colon apparently said he's best of the best, which brought out Silas Young. And Silas Young in the match that happened next beat Alex with a stock lock. Christian Rose beat Tony Rican. Uh, apparently Merrick Brave jumped the guardrail and attacked and threatened Christian with a Rose Christian Rose, sorry, with a chair. Rose flees, Knight Wagner then uh, nailed Tony in the back with a chair. In the grudge match, Colt Cabana beat Dan Lawrence, or made him tap out actually. Then Mr. Miller versus Eddie Kingston went to a no contest after Silas Young came out and attacked Kingston. Then Kingston hit a cheap backfist. Kingston being cheap, that isn't right. <laughs> Ryan Boz beat McIntyre. Matt Cage was apparently ringside and is negotiating with AAW because he wants ACH. The Monster Mafia of Josh Alexander and Ethan Page beat Zero Gravity by a double team dominator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samurai Del Sol cut a farewell promo and thanked the fans and company for giving him a chance. Irish Airborne interrupted, so Colt Cabana made the save, uh, which resulted in a tag team title match with Cabana and Del Sol teaming up to take on the Irish Airborne. Uh, Fontaine and Lyndon had to make the save after the Irish Airborne won and kept beating him down. And then the main event, Elgin versus Hollister. Shug's last gift occurred, and Shane Hollister is your new AAW heavyweight champion. After a dis- it was a- basically it was a distraction, and he suplexed Marcus Crane Elgin over the top rope, and then Shane Hollister kicked him, or super kicked him, should I say? And uh, then hit the Shug's last gift. Hollister then, at the end, low-blowed Elgin and walked out, with the fans cheering, despite the fact he's supposed to be the heel. 
which seems to be a going trend with wrestling this past week. Well, mainly you know, because it's got Hoopla girls getting titles. Well, he's a crowd favorite, so you know. Yeah, and plus it's Hoopla girls getting titles, but we'll, well get to that. Well, he he's been a fan favorite in AAW for the last couple of months, so yeah. You know, a lot of people, including myself, are you know very happy that you know Shane Hollister gets the the world title in AAW, and as I said last week, hopefully he'll get a, uh, I guess, a good push in other promotions. Right, right yes, now, he, aside from AAW, he's a part of DDW uh, as well, and hopefully he might get booked in other places. So, 2013 could be the year for Shane Hollister. Yeah. Definitely. Now, uh, Sandro, you saw the Absolution show. I'd say we've got about 10 minutes or so, but do you want to quickly go through it and give your thoughts? Ooh, 10 minutes. Well, I'll do my best to keep it short. Well, uh, I can quickly, I can go through the matches and then you can give your thoughts if you want. So, first up was the Jollyville Fuckets taking on the Sex Bobombs. Well, this was supposed. To, well, this was the opening match for their second night pay per view. The problem was nobody saw it because there were streaming issues. Oh, uh, <laughs> streaming issues. Yes. See, this never happened with Shikara SMV. Yeah, but uh, apparently later on, um, Smart Mark Video had. Uh, they sent a tweet out saying that their system was overheating and it was due to the building had no AC. And uh, from what I was told, it was very hot in the building. So that apparently overheated the system, which is why there were some streaming issues throughout the night. But uh, the winners were the Jollyville Fuckets. They defeated uh, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. Um, one thing I should note, apparently Matt Fitchett uh, has a, a broken arm. And he was sent to the hospital, like, immediately. Oh, wow. And so far, there's uh, no update as of yet, but I uh, definitely wish the, the best of luck in uh, his recovery for Matt Fitchett. Speaking of no AC, though, there was also no there was also another AC that was missing. Yeah, sadly. ACH could not make it to the show because he had a concussion uh, that weekend. And because, I'm trying to work out what show that was from. I don't think he was at the AAW show. Was, no, I don't no think he was. wasn't. So, Well, something happened. Something happened to ACH, which is never good. Yeah. But there is good news of that, but that's for later on. Um, yeah. He's supposed to face Lewis Linden in this match. And everybody was wondering, well, who's going to be ACH's replacement? And then we got a big surprise, and it was none other than Lewis Linden's tag team partner, Flip Kendrick, who got a big pop from the crowd. A lot of people were very surprised and happy to see Kendrick back in AIW. And I got to say, I thought this, this was a good high-flying match. There was a lot of good spots. There were a few botches here and there, but uh, not a lot to make the match look bad. It was still a good match. Uh, the ending came when um, Lewis Linden hit a reverse Surikarana on Kendrick and then locked on a Dragon Sleeper uh, to get the submission win. 
And of course, the crowd still doesn't like Linden, but he still gets the win over his tag team partner. And after he left, the crowd, um, they did give a welcome back chance and, uh, you know, thank you, Kendrick, and all that. So it was a good uh, match uh, for those that saw the iPay-Per-View. So this was our opening match for this pay-per-view. Then they had to uh, cut off the stream for a few minutes to reboot the computers because it's all overheating. Yeah. Which there was a Twitter comment from John Fawn, who's the promoter, basically saying that even for the guys behind the scenes at AIW, they weren't going to be running with any video packages or name bars for the rest of the night because mm-hmm. it was too, I guess, computer-intensive in the temperature that they had. So... But the stream came back up and it had apparently a Nixon segment. Hashtag Nixon, sorry. Um, actually, that was later in the show. I did. There was no okay. Nixon, there's not no Nixon segment in this one. But what did happen was the next match between uh, Johnny Gargano to take on Ethan Page. Uh, this was actually a, a good match here. A good back and forth match from both guys. Uh, at one point, uh, John Gargano was going for a spear uh, between the second and third rope, but uh, Paige actually countered that with an ace crusher, which looked pretty good. As I said, it was a good back-and-forth match between the, both guys, uh, but the match ended when John Gargano locked on the Gargano escape and Ethan Page tapped out. So, not a good night for Ethan Page. Or was it? We'll Spoilers, damn it. Next up, let's try and cover that up. Uh, an interesting one as well, titles versus Korea uh, for the tag belts. Hope and change, Gregory and Vader Scott defending against the Bateri. I'm guess it was Veronica with the Bateri, I'm guessing? Yes, she was. The funny thing about Veronica, um, when the Bateri came out, uh, some fan actually asked Veronica to spank him with the uh, her, uh, I guess, her whip, and she did, and the guy got excited, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, uh, this was another... interesting stuff in this match. Yeah, uh, this was another good match, a good tag team match from both teams. Um, here's what happened: uh, the ref was distracted, uh, which I believe was from Veda Scott. And uh, Gregory Iron grabbed one of the belts and hit the hit. Um, I believe it was Kodama on his head. Um, and then he he went for the pin. The ref counted counted three count. So we were so we we're under the impression that Hope and Change won the match, and thus Bateri would be done done for, with AIW. However, Matt Wandsworth, who was the pretty much the commissioner for AIW, came out. And decided to restart the match because of what um, Gregory Ryan did. And so the match restarted. Which only lasted about, I would say about two minutes. As the Bateri hit their assisted reverse GTS on Vader Scott. And the Bateri got the win. So they are now the new AIW, AIW Tag Team Champions. And they saved their careers in AIW. But the fun doesn't stop there. Oh, no, no, no. Because after the match, the Bateri uh, decides to bring in a kiddie pool filled with cheeseburgers. And by cheeseburgers, we mean the actual food stuff, not the one in Ring of Honor. 
No, not that skinny guy. No, they they put the kiddie pool in the ring, and they decide to send Beta Scott face first into the pool of burgers, since Beta Scott is a vegan and doesn't eat meat. And of course, the fans enjoyed this moment and were cheering. Uh, it was a good segment. Uh, I actually enjoyed the aftermath of this, and like I said, it was a good match. Uh, I was expected, uh, you know, hoping change to lose the belts. Uh, it seems like they're done as a tag team. So it should be interesting to seeing if we'll get a feud between Gregory Iron and Vader Scott, but we'll have to wait and see until the next show if that happens. Now, uh, after that, we had intermission, which was like about, so about maybe 15, 20 minutes. But after that, we get One into... hell of a match. Yes. I, I will say this. This was definitely... Match of the night. Josh Alexander versus Michael Elgin. Holy shit. This was a hard-hitting, strong-style match. These guys gave everything. There were a lot of, you know, chops, back fists, you know, forearms, suplexing each other like crazy... This was just a fantastic match. Uh, Josh Alexander, because of what happened at the J-Lit last month, which will hopefully we'll get to review one of these upcoming weeks, uh, he had a head uh, protective headgear, uh, which is a la yeah. Rick Steiner. And, of course, the, the fans were barking at Josh Alexander. Why weren't they doing... What, couldn't, didn't they remember Michael Cole wearing it? <laughs> Well, it's probably not that memorable. Oh. But as I said, there were this was a fantastic match. Uh, yeah. One of the, one of the moments in the match where, of course, Elgin does his usual stalling suplex, and of course he went on for about at least a minute, and of course the fans were chanting the seconds that he held on for the suplex. Uh, there was a belly to belly suplex off the top rope from Elgin to Josh Alexander. Uh, at that point, uh. Josh, uh, his ear was bleeding. Uh, this was probably after Elgin hit a German suplex, but he threw Alexander into the turnbuckle, which looked really bad. And, of course, uh, Josh, was his ear was bleeding, so that wasn't good for him. Um, here's what happened. Uh, there was about five minutes left in the match. This was a 30-minute time limit match that they had. Uh, in the final two minutes, Elgin and Josh Alexander were brawling on the outside, and Elgin decides to powerbomb Alexander into the guardrail, and then hit a spiral bomb on the floor. Now, at this point, uh, Elgin was in the ring, and of course, the ref was doing the tent count, and Alexander made it barely by one second. And, of course, after that, the guys were just beating the crap out of each other, um, kind of got submission towards the end. Yeah, there were a few... Elgin put on a submission, and then as the bell rang and time expired, I think Alexander had him in uh, single-leg Boston Crab, wasn't it? Yes, he did, and of course, uh, the fans were very disappointed. They wanted five more minutes. Uh, both guys wanted the five more minutes as well, but uh, the ref decided well, no, no. Well, Elgin said... If we have, if we don't need five more minutes, we need about five more hours. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. I forgot to mention that. 
Um, of course, uh, they wouldn't give them the extra five minutes. And so they decided to accept it as a draw. But of course, Elgin grabbed the mic and says that he wants a rematch with Alexander. But he wants the rematch to happen for their November 29th show. So it's interesting that Elgin wants the rematch to happen until later on and not act the next show. Maybe Elgin is booked uh, elsewhere. The same could be said. Well, when's the, the next show's August, isn't it? Yeah. It's in August. Well, around then, he's going to be busy with PWG and Ring of Honor stuff, I think. Oh, yeah, that is true. Well, now yeah. we know, but oh, you kind of spoiled it. Now we know we don't know. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, I did actually catch the second half of this, I will say that. Uh, BJ uh, Whitmer then came out to defend his intense title, but apparently Chris Dickinson wasn't... This is an interesting week of basically people not turning up to shows for various different reasons. Why Dickinson wasn't there, I don't think it's been made properly clear, has it? I haven't seen anything. Yeah. But uh, Nixon come out, or at least... Well, yeah, it's Beverly and Shane Page, and who's the guy that's in charge of Nixon? Uh, John Thorne, or the Duke. Yeah. Basically, what it was, at Absolution 7, the year before, BJ Whitmer won the title uh, and took be newly crowned as a champion by beating, I think it was, Ricky Shane Page. So basically, he felt it was only... Uh, Nixon felt it was only fair that Ricky got his rematch but also Beverly be inserted into a freeway mm-hmm. then the other 50% owner of the company Matt Wadsworth came out and said okay we're going to make it a four way then and Matt Cross comes out so it becomes a four way uh, with a bit of streaming issues during this but Whitmer managed to retain after a dragon suplex on a board on Wiki Shane Page, which was, from what I saw, Sandro, it was it was a decent paced match, but I think it was a little, you could kind of tell it was a little not booked properly because it was probably a last minute call because Dickinson never showed. Yes, and something I will mention, um, another match that was supposed to be booked for the show was Euthanasia of uh, Matt Cross and Josh Prohibition to take on Nixon of Wiki Shane Page and Bobby Beverly. Um, John Thor did uh, reveal on Twitter at that moment that uh, Josh Prohibition decided to, to call off that match just so uh, BJ could defend his title. So uh, give props to Josh Prohibition to give up his match so you know we can have yeah. a title match. Um, yeah, as you said, there were some streaming issues during this match. So we really didn't, didn't see a lot of the match. We... I pretty much just saw a few brawling spots and pretty much the finish of the match. So I can't really give my full details on the match until the full version gets out, which should be out by this week at least. Yeah. Then there was a promo from the Submission Squad, or at least Gary J and Evangelistico of the Submission Squad. Apparently Pierre Abernathy had, due to there being issues with the family, he wasn't there. So there you go, another guy that wasn't there. Well, well, apparently he uh, he did have uh, personal family issues that he needed to attend to, so you know he couldn't make it. Okay, and that's legit family issues, not submission squad family issues. No. Yeah. 
but then they introduced their third partner, which was Ryan Nemeth, a.k.a. Hot Young Riley, as he was uh, dubbed. Well, actually... Or, as most people know him, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Yeah, but he's actually known as Hot Young Briley, with a B. Oh, Briley. Yes. Yes, this was uh, Dolph Ziggler's... Uh, I believe it's his younger brother, if I'm not mistaken. And... Yeah. His attire was very Ziggler-esque. He even had the kind of the show-off style actions as well. It yeah. was like he was copying his brother. That's something you don't do, Briley. That's something you don't do. But uh, they had a match with the old school express of Fontaine and Sampson and Tracy Smothers with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you th- you thought he, Tracy Smothers was drunk. <laughs> then again, he is in most of his matches. He looks like that anyway. But I will say but, he, he he did wrestle the match as, as a brawler should. So yeah, there was no weird incident during the match. I will say that. And after the cr- all the crazy stuff happening inside and outside the ring, oh, yeah. a big upset. With Gary Gary J pinning Tracy Smothers to actually get the win for the submission squad s- squad. That makes sense, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a few spots. Um, one spot that I guess somewhat was a botch, but not that much. Uh, there was a point where Josh Jock Samson and I believe might have been Evangelistico were brawling in the the entrance way, and I. I think it was um, Maria Fontaine set up a table and they tried to lit her on fire and Jock Sampson was uh, about to powerbomb um, Evan through the table but uh, the flame went out so he still went through the table regardless and uh, the crowd yeah. you know, they still popped this was a, I, I gotta say this was a good uh, hardcore match there was a few, uh, there was a couple of comedy spots, but I didn't mind it, so it was still a good match regardless. Mm-hmm. Next up was uh, Donst versus the returning Michael Hutter, aka uh, Derek Bateman from NXT and everything. Pretty good match here, definitely between the two of them, with uh, Michael getting the win after Donst passing out from a full Nelson on the mat. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it was a, it was a decent match, definitely. Uh, good return, certainly for Michael. Uh, but after the match, Hutter put over Danced, asked to shake his hand. Danced said, "Hey, if you're if you're popular with these guys, then I'm 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 a fan of you." Shook his hand, celebrates in the ring, a la Mark Henry and John Cena, and uh, then. Kind of not like John Cena and Mark Henry. Dance just kicked him in the groin and left. <laughs> yeah, which uh, is what you'd expect because it's Tim Danced. Yeah, that's true. But I'm not gonna lie. I actually thought he was gonna give him his respect and you know just leave it at that. But uh, it was a a good uh, heel moment for Dance. And of course, there were some good moments uh, before the match even started. Uh, the fans were throwing beach balls at Michael Hutter. When he came into the ring, which was a, Who a good... Who ribbons when you can have beach balls? Which was a good feel moment, at least in my opinion. And they were chanting, One Sweet Dude, which is an, an old during his time in the early days of AIW. 
And of course, the crowd was 50-50 chanting both guys' names. And I will say this, all the fans were standing. Nobody was sitting down during the entire match. Yeah. You don't uh, really, and then, go ahead. You don't really see that anywhere, whether it's no. indie wrestling or the big time. So that says something for AIW. Yeah, definitely. Now, then came the main event of sorts. AIW total on the line with Eric Ryan, with the Duke defending against Colin Delaney, who was with Silesia Sparks. And this is a pretty damn good match between them, both uh, Ryan and Delaney. A lot of great action between the two. I think... How did Delaney... Well, Delaney got the win. I can't remember how, though. Um, the finish came when um, Colin Delaney hit a, his uh, inverted lung blower uh, to uh, Eric yeah. Ryan. And then he goes to the top rope to hit his body splash to get the win. And at that point, uh, Colin Delaney is the new AIW Absolute Champion. However, the music hits. And Ethan Page comes out and he decides to cash in his Jaylet victory to basically face Colin Delaney for his newly won absolute title. And at this point. So, you know, Delaney looks on Silesia's with him because obviously she was celebrating with him. And then, of course, you know, Ethan Page, you know, the guy that treated Silesia like shit all those months ago. And then before the match can even start, Silesia low blows Colin. Swear. And admittedly, after the low blow, Ethan tried to go for the quick pin, but didn't resolve in anything. So it went on for about Four or five minutes, I'd say. But eventually, the inverted top rope rock bottom from Paige was enough for a free count. And Ethan did it. In, Ethan did it. Well, so, in both the shows, we had two big title changes. Yeah. And I will say his finisher is actually called the Spinning Dwayne. That's what he calls it. The spinning Dwayne. Yes. you got to love that, people. An inverted rock bottom. The spinning Dwayne. Uh, oh. <laughs> i got to say, um, as far as the first match goes with uh, Eric Ryan and Colin Delaney, uh, there were a few sh- streaming issues, but that was like, I would say maybe the first three minutes at best. And then the, the rest of the match was shown fine. There was a lot of good um, hardcore spots during the match. There was a couple of uh, uh, dump tacks involved, uh, baseball bats and whatnot, but uh, it was still a good match for what they had. Uh, during the match, um, both the Duke and Silesia got involved, and uh, the Duke was about to powerbomb Silesia, but then um, Chess Flexer came out and threw a fireball at the Duke, so the Duke was sent to the back to get medical attention. And, of course, Alicia tried to help Colin Delaney. Um, 
gave him uh, her purse that was filled with thumbtacks. It's, you don't really see that in wrestling. That was the first. Not normally purses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, uh, I thought this was a, a great show. Uh, despite the lagging issues with the streams, which is a first for Smartmark video, they don't really have that many issues. But I, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. AIW, when, when they had the streaming issues, they immediately uh, told the fans that, you know, hey, we have these, these issues. We're trying to work them out. Please bear with us. And unlike other promotions, <coughs> Ring of Honor, they actually come up and tell the people. Triple I. Yeah, so uh, I got to give them props for them to come out and uh, tell the fans we have issues. And, you know, they were quickly to respond to the problems that they had. Um, as of now, they should have their final version. I know they did They did release a, uh, I guess, the they only showed, they did release a first version, which uh, had the hard camera. That was it. They didn't have the additional camera site, so... Um, I believe you should be able to have that version. If not, you can also get the full version that should be out at this point. I would recommend you guys to go see the show. A lot of great matches with great talent. And I'm going to give this a B plus. Because I haven't watched the full show, I'm not going to give a grade. But I'd probably, from what I saw, definitely from the second half, I'd agree on that with you Sandra so uh, with that as we talk way longer than 10 minutes <laughs> damn it yeah we need to get used to time control which probably means the second segments are going to be a little we might have to condense them down a little bit more but anyway when we come back middle segment is going to be the start of our I guess you could call it midterm report on the indies this week we're going to be looking at uh PWG, we're going to be looking at Shikara and, and only Shikara, not the wrestling is, 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 is. that's too many is, is anyway and uh, also some of the international Lucha Libre and Japanese stuff so we'll see you back here in a few minutes for more of the whole indie show here on the SNS Radio Network Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, 
The latest news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. And then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories, basically whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! show American Rejects edition. I don't know. American something. Sandro, give me an idea. American American Graffiti? American Independence Day? (laughs) That's too obvious. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Ashley and Sandro here. And, yeah. We're going to do this in the style of a progress report rather than give an ultimate summation of everything from, you know, definitive matches and everything. We're just going to do our basic feelings on how it's gone so far. Because I don't want to give any best, worst stuff because it could get absolutely trumped in the next six months. Then again, it might not, but I don't want to, I don't want to have definitive stuff because 
then people will go, okay, you said this was the best match six months ago, and yet you changed it to one beforehand earlier on in the month or earlier on in the year before that. Then people will just complain because it's the IWC. I'm trying to limit that, which, of course, with the IWC is impossible. So um, we'll start off with the company which Keyfabe doesn't exist anymore, and that's Shikara. Which for me was my promotion of 2012. Mainly because I really got into it then. Um, it's been a pretty strong half year, I will say. Taking out of the whole, it's no longer there. They've had some great matches. It was good to see the return of the Tag World Grand Prix as well. Something which we haven't seen in about five or six years. And kind of was good storyline into the tag title change at uh, the Anniversario show. Which of course meant nothing, but well, it might mean something down the line eventually. But uh, yeah, very interesting way it was built and everything. The... The WrestleCon show was pretty much the whole storyline of the the mysterious stuff and the conspiracy stuff that was going on. Had a heavy, heavy hand, basically, over the whole thing, but um, I'm trying to think. Overall, and the thing that also did well was the actual return of the Assyrian Portal. Okay, they went head-to-head against each other, but that was a nice little bit. Obviously, everything that was going on with teams breaking up and unholy alliances, like, it was a shame that it got cut off when it did, but the whole Sugar Dunkerton and Icarus thing was getting really good. And then it just got cut off mid-flow. But... If I have to grade Shikara, I'd probably give it so far. I'd actually give it an A minus. Because, okay, okay, the internet got in all, well, some of the internet got in a huff and a puff over the end of the show and the way it was done. Some people, even in the crowd, just got randomly drunk and started attacking glass doors. But uh, the way they've done it has left people wanting more, and they're waiting for that time when it's revealed that, yes, there will be another Shikara show down the line. Because there will be. Because certain individuals that were blamed for the end of Shikara have said that the made-up internet rumours are false. And mm-hmm. I'm not bringing up names because I don't want to pull the curtain too much, but you know who's in charge of... You know who's really in charge of uh, Shikara. And I'm not talking about the keyfabe stuff with Wink Vavasaur. Sorry, Shikara, but when you decide to act your company like this, I'm going to have to start jerking the curtain for you. And if you are listening, because I know Condor Security follows me on Twitter, keep this in mind. The more and more 
you don't have anything that's worth pushing, the more and more I will just start saying truths and not like keyfabe truths, I'm talking legit truths. Like the identities of people. Just to really screw your day up. Because I'm starting to get evil somehow. I don't know. Oh. Perhaps it's that time of the year. <laughs> it's not because it's Independence Day. I don't know. Perhaps it's because the summer and basically screw all happens in the summer over here in the UK. I don't know. <laughs> Sandra, your thoughts? Uh, the media for Chikara, or I guess in this case, the full year for 2013 for Chikara. Um, oh, wow. We'll see. Yeah, I've, we'll see. My feeling is they could somehow get one show in towards the end of the year. Maybe, but we'll Something. see. Um, I thought it was good for what they did. They continued the storylines that they had. Uh, of course, with the uh, the colony at this point, we're separated. Of course, they had finally accepted um, Assailant, or as I call him, Big Blue Ant. And, of course, the storylines uh, circulating with uh, the throwbacks with uh, Dasher, Mr. Touchdown, and, of course, Sugar Dunkerton, who was was active at this point, uh, was stuck at Fist, who didn't, want, didn't really want to be there, but uh, wanted to be back with Dasher and the throwbacks, but a lot of uh, issues there. Of course, we had the debut of the Colony Extreme Force at the Florida shows back in March, which was... Interesting at first, but then it, uh, I guess in some ways got a bit annoying with some of the uh, members of that uh, group. And of course, it pretty much ended with uh, Soldier Ant decided to quit not only uh, the Extreme Force, but Chikara altogether. As we didn't see him, uh, I would say maybe April might have been his last show, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe some point of the the early nation. Yeah, it was after WrestleCon, I think, wasn't it? I believe so, because he thought he did his recognition his recognition at the uh, the video update. Yeah, uh, we also saw the the continued dominance of the Devastation Corporation uh, throughout the first six months, or in this case, I guess five months, since they didn't have a show in January. Um, and of course, we finally saw the the third member that was around who made his debut. I believe was at the I think it was at the WrestleCon show. I don't recall. But of course, now with three members, they were stronger than ever. Um, they weren't successful at the Tag World Grand Prix, but they did show their their strength there. Uh, we did see the return of the Young Bucks uh, eventually at the Tag World Grand Prix. Uh, speaking of that, that was a pretty damn good tournament in my opinion. We saw some really good matches at that tournament, which will hopefully we'll get a chance to review that at some point. Uh, Eddie Kingston is, and his continuing reign as a Chicago Grand Champion. And by WrestleCon, that started to change a bit with the fans. Pretty much turning their backs, turning their back on Kingston as they were getting sick and tired of seeing Kingston as champ, even to the point as comparing him as to Cena, John Cena, which of course pissed off Eddie Kingston to no end, which is a proof at the WrestleCon show 
as you see there, he got very upset, even to the point that trying to have a fight with one of the fans there. Uh-huh. But I uh, still put a couple good matches, you know. Uh, the continuing story with uh, Wink Barbasaur, which, of course, we know how that ended. And something that I should point out that uh, we didn't mention, on the second show for 2013, uh, halfway through the show, through the show, Wake Barbasaur came out, basically a promo, basically saying that he doesn't feel like he's getting any respect from the wrestlers or the, or the staff, and especially the fans. And he said something that was kind of interesting. He said that, I own Chikara. I own all of this. And I could shut it down at any time. And he did. At Anniversario. So, kind of surprised nobody picked up on that. But uh, he, kept, he kept his word. You know, he, he shut it down. Uh, and we saw what happened at Anniversario. Um... Yeah, we all know what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen at some point. So yeah. that's pretty much Shikara. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we have to see what goes on. I think in the next week or so, I might have to uh, get scouring through the Twitters again to see what else we can go with the conspiracy and everything. Of what is going on behind the scenes, Kivayab-wise. Because there's probably a lot to follow. Then again, it probably will go even more crazy when Kaiju happens. Well, it depends In which case, we can't actually blame uh, Sandro for that, because he's going. <laughs> well, it depends if we're interested in even trying to follow all these accounts that that's around. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to follow. So... Yeah, true. So, uh, next up, I think, I think we'll go to you, Sandro, mostly for this, because you're more of the expert in it, but some of the international stuff, uh, I guess, firstly, Mexico, and arguably the two major promotions that are worth talking about are CMWL and, uh, AAA. CMWL, I think, has had a pretty decent year so far from the results that I've seen. Obviously, with the fact that their titles have been to Japan. And oh, the current champs are Japanese, aren't they? Um, well, not really. Okay. Uh, the, only, the only New Japan talent that has CML titles is uh, Tamatanga. He's one half of the yeah. tag champs. And of course, you have La Sombra, who is currently the the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, which uh, I forgot to mention last week. Um, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. Um, he made his first defense uh, uh, two weeks ago at Arena Mexico. He defended his title against Volador Jr., he successfully retained the belt, and there is uh, rumblings that his uh, next title defense is going to be in Japan uh, at some point. 
I think later this month, and there are some rumblings that it, it could be against Nakamura once again. So that should be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the first half for CMLL, um, I'm I'm pretty much a casual CMLL fan. I just go through the results as I see them. My only issue for that company is they have way too many tournaments. Yeah. Too many tournaments. One after another after another. And to me, they're just pretty much pointless. I'm not even going to go through with them. They're just tournaments, but they don't really accomplish anything in the end. Um, Yeah, the tournament's supposed to have a purpose at the end of it. Yeah. Like most tournaments do. There's a winner, and the winner gets something. Whereas, from some of the results from CMWL, it's like, well, how did they get anything? And if they did get anything, what the hell were they given? But one thing I will say, I now, well, they pretty much started since last year. They started to put more focus on the young guys. And they started to push some of the mid guy, mid card guys into the main event scene. Uh, one of the guys, for a good example, is Rush, who is uh, getting pretty popular with the fans and also getting a good push in the company. I know he has one of the singles titles. I think he has the light heavyweight title, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're also trying to push a couple of other guys, which uh, there's so many to, to call right now. I guess another guy we could say is La Sombra. That's a guy that was definitely in the main event. So he's getting a good run, especially now that he has a, a New Japan title um, that puts more focus on him. Um, of course, they're trying to they're trying to make a big deal with this new Mystico. Uh, I know currently he is currently one third of the CMLO trios champion. So you know. He's in the main event scene. They got, they tried to make him as you know the, their main event guys, but you know the crowd is fifty fifty with him. But uh, he's gonna do his best to get over with the with the rest of the crowd that don't like him, which could take a while. Um, of course, one of the big things that was announced for for CMLL, they already announced in advance a mask versus mask match between. Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero, which is most likely being held for their upcoming anniversary show in September. Uh, that's one of the big matches that a lot of people are looking forward to. It is definitely a match that people have been uh, dying to see over the last uh, eight or nine years since both men have a, a good history together, not only as rivals, but also as tag team partners. They used to work together and their rivals. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of 2013 goes for CMLL. Uh, over on the AAA side, um, <clears throat> it's a pretty interesting year for them. Uh, one of the big news uh, for AAA coming out was, of course, uh, they announced that they're going to make an expansion to the U.S. Of uh, of course, that won't officially start until next year, 2014. Uh, they announced a deal with uh, a debuting TV network, El Rey, which will also start next year in 2014. Uh, another thing that they announced was they decided to have a brand split, 
which is Triple uh, A Fusion and Triple A Evolution. Of course, uh, Evolution is supposed to be Triple A USA. Now, the funny thing about it is they announced in advance that the brand split won't officially start until after Triple Mania, which is now over. Yeah, we're but after Triple Mania. Has the brand yes. split happened? No. <laughs> the interesting thing was um, they were supposed to have a Fusion TV taping. Uh, I think it was supposed to be it was supposed to happen last week, but then like the week of the show they canceled it. There was no reasoning behind the cancellation. Uh, my re- my because guess the stream wasn't working. Oh, come on, it's not it's not IP for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> My guess is is because of the lack of star power that was a part of that show. Um, they only had a lot of mid card guys in that for that taping. They they didn't have any resulted in a lack of uh, ticket sales. Yeah, of course, a lot of the main event talent is a part. It's supposed to be a part of the Evolution brand. So I don't know how they're gonna fix this. Since they said on national television that, you know, we're going to start this brand split after Triple Mania. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen for now. So they have a lot of stuff to work out with that. Of course, speaking of Triple Mania, of course, they, we just passed passed by it. Uh, their IPFU was a complete disaster, as we know. But they did fix it by giving the show for free for all the international viewers. One thing that I have to mention, and this is about, uh, I guess, Conan's explanation on uh, this past week's edition of MLW Podcast, Conan made a ridiculous statement, and I cannot believe he actually said this. Oh, God. I want to hear this. <sighs> I need to clear my voice. My voice is almost dying here. Get some honey he... down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. He did made a statement about the iPay-Per-View debacle. And first off, he said that he, he did say that there was a guy from Ustream who did flew from Germany and you know, he was the guy who's supposed to be responsible for all the tech stuff, which, which is including the iPay-Per-View. And uh, the Ustream tech went up to Conan and say, I'm having problems with the, with the Ustream connection. And he said, well, it's not my problem, which in fact is true. It's not his problem. He has a lot of stuff to do. You know, he, he had a lot of booking changes on the fly at that show, uh, which, of course, um, you know, there was supposed to be some sort of a crossover storyline between AAA and uh, uh, UFC bantamweight fighter Eric Perez, which apparently it was revealed that there was some flight... Uh, Flight issues between UFC. Apparently, they didn't book his ticket to Mexico, which was. Oh, I was going to say, did the U did the uh, tire fall off a U-Haul airplane? <laughs> well, it might have been. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, back to this. Uh, what Conan stated, um, you know, when they told him about, you know, a lot of people were pissed off because they didn't really get anything at the live show, and then he says. You know what? Good. 
I'm glad we took all your money, and I'm glad that you didn't get the live show. And I'm thinking to myself, are you fucking serious? <laughs> You're going on your podcast to say you're glad that you took everybody's money that paid to see their eye pay-per-view you're glad that you ripped the fans off when you're saying things like that you're turning a lot of fans off to your product and if AAA decides to have another live eye pay-per-view which is possible he did say that there's a chance that they might have another one and since he made that statement, nobody is going to attempt to even buy that pay-per-view. Oh, look, they've got another pay-per-view coming on in a few months. Shall we get it? And then goes back into your head and Conan saying, well, I'm glad we got your money. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't see it. And I'm not... X button. <laughs> and I'm not miscommunicating. I'm not saying anything that he missaid. That's what he said. He literally said that on the air, and I could not believe that he said that. What a way to... There's Sandro's line for the new intro that might be coming in the next few weeks. We got all your money. (laughs) But aside aside from that, there were a couple of uh, interesting storylines. Of course, one of the big things that was going around was between the feud between uh, Cibernetico and Pedro Guaya Jr., which ended at Triple Mania with their hair versus hair match. And of course, Cibernetico lost. Uh, he went, uh, he lost all his hair. He was shaved. Uh, the interesting thing about that, uh, there was a house show that happened, I believe, it was last week, and Cibernetico was on that show. However, he came out with his old mask. And he wrestled with the mask throughout the entire match. So, I don't Does he know. CM Punk? I don't know. Which is, he can't literally do that because he lost his mask several years ago. And supposedly, yeah. there is a penalty for that if you've already lost your mask in a mask match. You cannot wear it again, period. So... He might have some issues with the the wrestling and boxing commission in Mexico City in the upcoming weeks, but who knows? They'll probably just let it by. But I think it's kind of weird that he decided that he's going to wear his mask again. I don't know if that's going to be permanent or he's going to wait or he's just going to, you know, reveal his his bald head. But uh, as far as the grade for the mid-year for AAA, um, I'm going to give it a B. It's been pretty good. Some of the matches that been they've been having with the the young talent there. Japanese wise, I guess three we could really talk about. One which I think is arguably probably already been decided due to everything that's going on at all Japan. I think it's not going to be a great grade for them to be honest because okay, the shows haven't been too bad, but all the and. You know, this isn't like Shikara. This isn't keyfabe stuff. This is all real stuff with all these departures and everything. Mm-hmm. And if you've got that much distrust and everything going on in the in the ship, you're not going to have great stuff going on in front of the curtain, shall we say? 
Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead, Xander. Yeah, um, of course, with this news that a lot of people has, has left Old Japan once again, it is definitely deja vu for them. Going back to 2000, 2001, when, like I said before, Misawa took all his guys and they decided to form Pro Wrestling Noah. So I said, it's definitely deja vu all over again. But I think the only good thing that came out of uh, for the first six months of Old Japan was the signing of uh, five guys that left Pro Wrestling Noah to go to New Japan. Of course, it was the, the burning stable guys, Jun Akiyama, Goji Ozaki, Kanemaru, Aoki, and Suzuki. You know, when they went to Old Japan, that definitely brought a lot of attention for fans to see, oh, these guys are coming to, they're returning to Old Japan. And that definitely brought a lot of interest uh, for the fans. And when they had their the first matches in Old Japan, attendance, their attendance was up. It was up since, except for the last several years, it wasn't that good. But since the new four additions for the roster, the attendance went up because a lot of people were interested to see how they would fare in Old Japan. So that's pretty much the only good thing that came out of 2013 for Japan. Um, we don't know how they'll go for the rest of the year. Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen much from Noah, but I'd say they've had a strong year as well. Or strong half year, should I say. Um, I would say they had a good first six months. I think the only good thing that came out of it was Kenta finally becoming world champion, which was long overdue, in my opinion. Mm. But it did happen, so that's that's really great uh, for us with Noah. I'd, I'd probably give him a... I'd give him a B as well. Um, Dragon Gate? And this is obviously the Japan side. When we get, We'll get to Dragon Gate USA in upcoming weeks and whatever, depending... Which uh, which reports we do when, but uh, yeah, it's been a pretty well mainly because of the fact I've actually put over Ricochet. You know, it's very. I don't know how. I think I might have asked this before to you, Sandro, but it's not very often that a non-Japanese talent really gets over, especially in the uh, Super Juniors. Yes, it usually takes a while. Um as far as foreigners, and especially in Dragon Gate uh, Japan, uh, of course, the last uh, <clears throat> excuse me, last good foreigner that was there was that was Pac. You know, he was there for a couple of years, like probably like maybe five or six years, and he was super over with the crowd. And of course, now they decided to put that that rocket onto Ricochet and. He's been having a good 2013 for Dragon Gate Japan. Of course, the big win was for him winning the 2013 King of Gate tournament. And, of course, he had his title match against, uh, I guess we could say his mentor, I guess, in Shima, uh, last month in uh, the Champion Gate Super Show. And Ricochet has pretty much been on a good roll right now. So far as getting a spot in New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors tournament. Who did uh pretty good in the tournament, despite not making it into the semifinals. 
of course, uh, Rich Swan has been doing. He's been doing pretty good as well, uh, getting a couple of title matches. Actually, became champion at one point, um, holding the the open the Triangle Gate titles or the trio titles at that point. Uh, he recently had a title shot against Masato Yoshino for his break a title. Lost that match, but still had a good showing. Uh, of course, Uha Nation returning from injury uh, definitely got another good push there. Uh, definitely becoming one of the pretty much he's pretty much the muscle for the Mad Blanky stable, and he's getting a good um, a good run there. So definitely see some potential in him for the rest of the year. Of course, you had Shima still becoming a uh, champion, the Dreamgate champion for the company, uh, beating challenger after challenger. Uh, he's had a couple of really good matches uh, for the first six months of the year. Uh, of course, their anniversary show is coming up later this month. Um, now, as I said before, we can say that Shingo Takaji is his challenger, and it should be really interesting how that match goes. Uh, we had a couple of uh, unit changes. Uh, first off, a major unit change with uh, Yamato uh, turning on his, uh, I guess, his best friend, his former best friend, Shingo Takaji, to going back as a full-fledged heel and joining the Bad Blanky stable. B.B. Uh, Hulk is still doing his thing, that uh, dark uh, character that he's becoming since uh, last year. Uh, Kirito Sawa uh, leading his table, uh, but there, there's been some rumblings that he could turn babyface, uh, which is interesting, I will say that. Um, the Jimmy stable has been on a, on a good run. They had the Triangle Gate titles. Uh, they had the Twin Gate titles as well. They've been going pretty strong and very over with the fans as well. There's been a few debuts uh from the Dragon Gate Dojo, uh, Shimizu, who is uh, getting actually pretty popular with the fans. Uh, his debut match was actually against Uha Nation. I actually managed to see uh, a few matches of, of his his run. It's, it's, he has potential, but uh, his gimmick, um, it's actually based off a, a manga character, which is a, a policeman. So he comes out in a policeman uniform, but uh, uh, I would say he's a, a good wrestler. He does have a strong chop. I will say that. And currently right now he's injured. Uh, I don't remember what he's injured from. It might be a, a separated show, if I'm not mistaken, but he's coming back in the next couple of months. But he does have some potential. Um... It should be interesting to see what the rest of 2013 holds for Giant Gate Japan. Yeah. And then the last one is uh, New Japan. And yes, they arguably, well, they had a strong opening to 2012 and then really came a lot stronger in the end of 2012, especially with the fact that quite a lot of outlets... Uh, for their awards were giving New Japan promotion of a year and match of a year and some of them were even giving talent of a year kind of thing. And 
I, I think... I can't say they've surpassed their probably 2012 end of year or last six months. I'd say they've been on par with them. It's been a very strong opening for them. Yes, I would completely agree with that statement. Um, of course, they had a spectacular uh, 2012, the best for New Japan in quite some time. Uh, New Japan has got a lot of fans, uh, more attendance-wise for their shows. Uh, this year's uh, Wrestle Kingdom show was the the best attendance show in quite some time in the Tokyo Dome for New Japan. And that says something for that company. Of course, their pay-per-views slash i-pay-per-views have been doing pretty good to great. Um, now, I think the... I guess the the standout uh, wrestler in that promotion is definitely Prince Devitt, who has been on a roll for 2013. Of course, currently the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, winning this year's Best of the Super Juniors Tournament in a spectacular head, head fashion. Club as well. Yes, forming his own stable with the Bullet Club in all uh, Gaijin stable, which is, uh, I think it's the first for New Japan. Uh, turning heel, uh, has, a, has an awesome jacket, I will say. Uh, giving out great matches every show that he does. Um, of course, we can't leave out with the current champion, Katsuchika Okada. Uh, despite losing the belt a couple of times for 2013, he has regained the belt, of course, and doing his the same, you know, Raymaker gimmick, which is still pretty over with the fans. Um, of course, you had Hiroshi Tanahashi, or as Randy calls him, Sinahashi, which is, uh, of course, pretty much never loses, but does in some cases. Uh, he's had a good 2013 as well. Uh, we just had the return of uh, Tatsuya Naito, who is definitely to keep an eye out for the rest of the year. He might have a run with the with the belt within the next upcoming weeks. Uh, of course, the the tag team scene with the uh, the Chaos team, uh, the Killer Elite Squad, Tenkoji. And, you know, they tried to add a couple of other groups here and there. The tag team scene has been pretty interesting. Um, a lot of title changes here and there. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura has been spectacular, in my opinion, uh, during his first six months with the IC title, uh, giving out great matches. Um, Laughter 7 of um, Sakuraba and Shibata has been doing very well. Um, of course, uh, Sakuraba got injured, but he is coming back. I believe he is set to come back at the pay-per-view later this month. Uh, he's been having a good feud with uh, Yuji Nagata, and they're having a one-on-one match at the pay-per-view. Uh, Shibata has been doing very well as they have having spectacular matches. And I can't really say anything bad about New Japan so far. They've been doing very good. Well... The question is, do we blame New Japan or NWA for the NWA invasion? Oh. That's the only weak point. I guess so. Yeah, you have a point. Because I really That's, don't see the purpose of that yet. At the same time, I don't really care for it. It really doesn't capture yeah. my attention. 
If it's supposed to be bringing awareness to NWA, it isn't working. If it's supposed to be bringing awareness to New Japan and how it's better than NWA, it is working. Depending how you look at it. And even to the point to where Killer Elite Squad has the NWA tag belts. And I don't really hear anything in the Japanese media covering that. You know, what does that say about the NWA storyline? They don't really care. Mm-hmm. But, you know, besides that, it's still it's still very good in my opinion. You know, definitely check out New Japan product. It's been very good. Of course, with the addition of several international talents, like, of course, Prince Devitt, you know, Carl Anderson, Rocky Romero, Alex Kozlov, you know, Alex Shelley, you know. Shelton's had a few appearances, hasn't he? Shelton Benjamin. You know, Alex Shelley, I just want to get to him for a second. He's been having a pretty good run for 2013. You know, of course, him teaming with uh, Kushida, winning the, the IWGP Junior Tag Titles, like, well, maybe 20 times or something. I don't know. But he's been having a couple of good standout matches. And he's doing pretty well for himself. You know, ever since he he was released from TNA or fired or I don't remember how that went, but he's doing pretty good for himself post-TNA. And, you know, he's doing pretty good with his matches as well. Yeah. So that's the international stuff. Coming back over to... Uh... America now and PWG Wrestling Gorilla. I think so. You know, so for me, it has been promotion of the year by far because there is there is a negative point about New Japan because of the NWA stuff. I don't think there's really been any negative point of any of the PWG shows so far. Whether it be, I'm just trying to remember, they had the two nights of DDT four, didn't they? Well, that was one night, wasn't it? No, it was one night. You're thinking of All-Star Weekend. The All-Star Weekend was two nights. And then Is Your Body Ready was the fourth show this year. Mm-hmm. Which have all been very, very... Well, not even very, extremely strong shows. No bad match on any of them. It's you know action-packed right to the end. And everything also helps with the guys on commentary that they really do have a good chemistry with the mic and also Excalibur. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the whole the whole start of the year with the tag title situation with DDT and the Young Bucks getting it was good. Then the although we only got matches two and three this year, I think. Wasn't match one like the week before the year turned round? Like December 20 something, 29th or something? Yeah, that was, the, that was the Mystery Vortex show. Yeah, that was the very... If you take it, that into account, the feud that Younger and Callahan had was very, very strong. Oh, yeah. And then obviously the Cole... Cole's feud with both Steen and Younger and um, Callahan has been very strong, mainly because he's got history of all three. Well, not so much Younger, but certainly Callahan and 
certainly uh, Steam. That was good. You've obviously in ta talents that are the right fit for them. Go over there, like AR Fox has been there. Uh, London, Paul London made his return. Samurai Del Sol. Um, they were already there, but really this year has been, and hate to bring up Ricochet again, but this year has really been a good year for the Inner City Machine Guns. Mm -hmm. Of Ricochet and Rich Swan. You also get to give credit to the unbreakable fucking machines of Elgin and Cage. They've done a damn fine job. Uh, even, even kind of the revelation of Fist, if you want to call them that, of Chuck Taylor and Gagano. Basically, nobody's done a bad performance at all. From from what I can recall, so you know, if I have to grade it, so far, I don't want to give perfection, but I'm giving it an A plus. They haven't put a foot wrong. Well, what can you say about PWG so far in 2013? They have been spectacular. You know, you know, starting off with DDT4. You know, their annual tag team tournament. Uh, we saw the return of the Briscoes there in quite some time. It was also the farewell for one El Generico, who is now, well, as of now, he's in Tijuana, you know, helping the orphans and all of that. Yeah. Uh, very Callahan, good. Uh, obviously, as well, and uh, Del Sol. Well, well, we know for sure Callahan's in, yeah, in Florida. Yeah, Del Sol, Del Sol likely, but we'll see. Um. Of course, a uh, very emotional farewell to Generico. Um, a lot of the guys uh, got in the ring, including Excalibur as well. Um, so a lot of great matches there. Um, All-Star Weekend. You know, both shows. And it was definitely an all-star show. You know, except for one person, but we'll get into that later. Um, great set of shows. You know, as you said, there were the debuts of A.R. Fox, Samurai Del Sol, uh, Jay Lethal as well made his debut for the promotion for the first time in many years. Uh, we had the returns of Paul London. Uh, a great set of matches with uh, Drake Younger and Sammy Callahan. Uh, you know, that first match in uh, the All-Star Weekend, that was just crazy. The... His championship match against uh, Cole was was really good as well. We saw just great matches involving the the machine guns, uh, the Unbreakable Machine. You know, Kevin Steen was Kevin Steen. Was you know he was really good. Um, the fans, you know, without them, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if PWG would be. Uh, I mean. They will still be great, don't get me wrong, but I think the fans, they make the show great as well with their interaction and their response. Um, I'm trying to think here. We also saw a few returns of uh, the Rockness Monsters as well. Uh, they've been doing pretty good for, for the matches that been, they've been in a part of. Um, Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano as for me, I'll call them fists. Regardless, they've been doing pretty good as well. 
Of course, you can't forget the tech, the current tag champs, the Young Bucks, who has been doing very good, in, you know, with their tactics um, as well as their super kicks. Of course, you can't forget that. Adam Cole um, doing very good as the world champion, doing great with his heel persona. Um, you know, you have several of the wrestlers like Dojo Bros. Um, at the time, you had the Smash Brothers there. Just a great set of talents there. And 2000, the rest of 2013 looks great for Pearls and Gorilla. And the grade for the mid-year, I'm going to give it a A++++. <laughs> okay. Uh... Speaking of PWG, and I'll quickly put this in here and get for it as quick as can. Uh, they've announced the card for PWG's 10 show coming up next month, as well as announcing that Battle of Los Angeles will be coming up at the end of August, and that the first competitor in that is going to be some guy called ACH. Woo! But uh, PWG's 10 show will be featuring Kyle O'Reilly versus TJ Perkins, Brian Cage versus Davey Richards. Alex Kozlov and Rocky Romero taking on the Rock Nest Monsters. Elgin versus AR Fox. Uh, Kendrick and London teaming up to take on Gargano and Taylor. That will be very interesting. And in the co-main event, two freeway matches, both for the titles. First up, the freeway PWG World Tag Title ladder match with the Young Bucks taking on both the Dojo Bros, Edwards and Strong, and the Inner City Machine Guns of Rich One and Ricochet. And then, in the other main event, a Guerrilla Warfare match, another freeway. I don't know if it's elimination or not. Possibly, I don't know. But it'll be Adam Cole defending against Kevin Steen and Drake Younger. Obviously, we'll give our picks on it coming towards the nearer the time. But, you know, this is something that you've seen from all PWG shows. They're always stacked heavily. And this show will be no exception. Of course, this will be their 10th anniversary show, which is why it's called 10. Very interesting uh, talent that we see. Uh, interesting to see that we got... Um, Forever Hooligans returning to PWG. Uh, that should be a good match with them against the Rockets Monsters. Elgin versus AR Fox. That should be very interesting. Um, Brian Cage and David Richards. That should be really fun to watch. Of course, you have the team of Kendrick and London to take on Fist. That should be very. That should be a lot of fun. Of course, the double main event. I mean, how can you go wrong with those matches? I mean, three-way ladder matches with. Three good, very good tag teams in PWG, and of course the the three way for the world title match. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're gonna expect to see blood in that match. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. But uh... and um, one thing uh, we should mention, um, there was announcement that there were a few other people confirmed for Bola, uh, 2013. Um, Michael Elgin is confirmed, as well as Davey Richards. 
as of now. Nice. Okay. It's an interesting lineup so far, but we'll obviously discuss that over upcoming weeks. So that's, I guess, a few of the shows given uh, given their checkup. We'll be checking up on them, obviously, at the end of the year, or probably the start of next year, once the year's actually finished. January, January and July are the six-month checkups. It's like going to the dentist. Except hopefully less painful. I don't know. But uh, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We'll, there'll be more over the upcoming weeks of reviews or you know six-month reports kind of thing. But uh, when we come back, we've got a few picks to do from the Wrestling is Awesome doubleheader and uh, FIP, Full Impact Pro's got a show coming up this weekend. And also... The I guess you could call it the Black Wednesday that happened with TNA and some of the talent that was got rid and possibly what their prospects are in the in the well weeks and months ahead indie wrestling wise. But uh, there's a reason why we're talking. We're going to talk about this. Yeah. So uh, with that. Here's a few commercials. We'll see you in a few minutes for the final part of this week's whole indie show. Bye. Well, I shouldn't say bye, but... Oh, just listen to the advert. SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. So, yes, it's still my name. I haven't changed it yet. We have this really cool show on the SNS Radio Network. It's called The Open Book. We cover wrestling. We also cover all the biggest gaming news and game reviews. Plus, we've got the latest from the world of film entertainment. This is The Open Book. Catch us every week right here at the SNS Radio Network. Stop the rain to vote from me! 
Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fakis. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Following his Grammy-worthy performance on Raw, WWE Music Group is pleased to bring you Kali Sings the Hits. Sexy boy! Revel and relax as the Punjabi Playboy takes you on a musical journey through the music of yesteryear. Hit me your best shot. Why not hit me best shot? You don't need money. Don't take fame. Don't need the credit card of this train. He may not have won a Grammy, but with this collection, he's sure to win your heart. Every road has a stone. Every cowboy sings sad, sad song. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Sexy, it hurts. Kali Sings the Hits is not available in stores or anywhere else, including WWEShop.com. And joining us after his red, white, and blue revelry, I nearly got that into a tongue twister, ladies and gentlemen. It's Randy. Randy, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Having a little fun. Fourth of July, Fourth of July weekend, celebrating America's birthday, and all that. So, should all be good. Fun time. Very cool. Now, uh, one thing we need to clarify on, actually, there's been some updates to the PWG stuff that we talked about in the end of the last segment. Uh, Candice LeRae, B-Boy Ryan Taylor, Willie Mack, and a few others, or a couple of others anyway, are going to be in a six-man tag match. We don't know who's going to be pairing up with who. I think you can probably guess from the guys that you got there as to who the final two could be. But they've announced that also Davey Richards won't be able to make the 10 show. Uh, in his place, however, there will be the debut of Tony Nice, who has also been revealed as being... One of the other participants for the Battle of Los, or the Bowler Battle of Los Angeles tournament. Uh, ACH is still in there, and another couple of names have been added. Davy Richards, he will be able to make it for the Bowler competition. 
and also Trent. However, you know, however you want to call him, Trent question mark, whatever. He will be part of a tournament as well. So, j just to clarify what's going on there, obviously, anything could change over the next few weeks with availability and everything, but I'm pretty sure they're going to try and make it as definitive as possible so people know what they're ordering and booking. Uh, I think tickets go on sale uh, some in the point of the middle of next week on PWG's website. I think it's 9 a.m., uh, Pacific time on the 9th, I think. So, which that is, uh, I think, Tuesday. Anyway, the details are on their website. I'll certainly say that. Now, uh, I think it was Travis Zickelman. Was it, is that, am I, am I right, Sandra? Yeah. <clears throat> had uh well basically we were talking about the the show saying we'll be talking about various things and he came up with a query basically regarding Ring of Honor and what's up with Ring of Honor and all these talents seemingly trying to jump ship. And not trying to dodge the question, Travis, it will be definitely talked about next week because I think the plan will be to talk Ring of Honor midterm report and we'll bring it all up then. Also because we might be bringing you clips of the Jim Cornette interview that he uh, gave. Just a, just a clip or two some, of some interesting stuff, depending where the if there's any appropriate clips that I can get. From what Sandro's told me, it probably is. But uh It's a doozy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> with regards to talent going places Arguably some of them already have because Well Pac never really did anything in Ring of Honor. Um Joey Ryan never did anything in Ring of Honor. I'm just trying to think of other guys. El Generico obviously did, but he kind of went off the radar for quite a lot of 2012. Pretty much all of it after Showdown in the Sun, when he made the yeah. debut with DGSA that same night. Um, but yeah, Pac wasn't... He only made like a couple of appearances back at like the fifth year festival and then on, but then... Dragon Gate had signed him long after, and then the whole smurge. And then Joey Ryan only was in the embassy, and like you said, it really didn't do much. <laughs> Adam Cole obviously was being hyped and seemed like he could have been going, but he's re signed. And then you've got the Briscoes wanting to take a step away, and it's probably, probably the question has come from the video that's cropped up with their response and I think it's I think they just want a break away from wrestling for a bit to be honest because obviously with Ring of Honor it's relatively on the road 24-7 365 not on the same scale as uh, WWE is 
but it's a lot more than other promotions do, certainly. So, um, in that essence, I don't think they'll go anywhere unless the deal's right. And I don't know whether they... I don't know whether TNA or WWE could make a decent enough deal for them to think it's lucrative enough, personally, for them, anyway. Uh, so, I don't see it as an issue, but, you know, it's not good for Ring of Honor, but in essence it kind of benefits indie wrestling altogether, because... It's, well, the, the, the big guys, when they do go up to the main roster, people then try and find out about their past, and then they become aware of their times in the indies and these indie promotions, and then they get to see them. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Yes, Daniel Bryan wasn't wrestling for Ring of Honor after 2010, but think how many people found that product after some of the stuff he's done over the past 12 to 18 months. That's the way I look at it, personally. Uh, Sandra? Well, the way I see it, if someone uh, on the independent scene, doesn't matter if it's Ring of Honor, Charanga USA, PWG, wherever, if they have the opportunity to make uh, more money and be shown on a wider audience, I say take it. Yes, mm-hmm. you might you might be limited with your moveset. They more than likely you'll get a gimmick change. They'll definitely probably change your name as well, but it's definitely a risk to take. And there's a chance they'll probably never get an opportunity like this. So I would say take it. Um I would probably say just go to WWE, don't go to TNA, especially with the news that came out this week. Just saying. But as you said, it does give the opportunity for the mid card talents to get a to get elevated into that main event scene and for them to get their to get their their stats more higher in in the promotions, you know? So with these talents about to leave or could leave it gives a chance for some other talents to step up. And that's something that's eventually going to happen. Now, whether uh-huh. it works or not, time will tell. Randy? Um, it's interesting, kind of, what's been happening with Ring of Honor now. Coming into these months, especially with the whole what's happened, especially what's happened, uh, the events of Best of the World and the TV tapings we've had. Of course, the Briscoes there, as you mentioned, we don't even know if they're still going to be there. Uh, for the video that was sent by Jay Briscoe, seems like he's, um, he's dead set on keeping, or he wants to stay in Ring of Honor, who knows with that. And then, of course, Nigel McGinnis releasing the video that the Ring of Honor title has been vacated. So that interesting now 
uh, Ring of Honor title. Every title of Ring of Honor has been vacated at one point. With this, I don't think the TV title. We have TV. No, the TV title hasn't yet. Not just yet. Not just yet. Give him, give him a chance. Just give it a chance. <laughs> what? What? One thing I want to I'm going to mention about the video that Jay Briscoe sent. Um, you know, I think it's just he just put that out there for storyline sake. I'm pretty sure he didn't say that in um, in a non kayfabe way because let's face it, it was posted by Ring of Honor, so that pretty much tells you this is like he's not literally telling the the real reason why he's leaving. I mean, the title of that video says Jay Briscoe uh, makes clears about these internet rumors, but at the same time, he doesn't make mention of the other rumor going around. So I just find it kind of funny that uh, I guess people are, are are taking this as you know the reasoning why uh, he's he's um, I guess taking taking time off or something. But I don't know. I just find it weird that you know if Virgo want to put it out, it's just for storyline basis, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, as I say, Travis, you will be hearing us probably go into more depth on that kind of thing when we get to the the you know the six month checkup on Ring of Honor, which I'm tentatively saying next week, depending whether we can get L Train on or not. So it depends what goes on there. If not, it might be the next week after, but I definitely want to bring it up in the next week or so. For sure. Now, uh, one of the other big issues that's come up over the past few days has been TNA axing... Well, I say axing talent, TNA will officially say out of contract. But, in essence, they kind of are axing them because they're not choosing to re-sign a contract with those talents. I mean, that's my opinion on it. So, the ones that are, I, I believe, confirmed are Crimson, Christian York, Taylor Hendricks, Joey Ryan, and Madison Rain. Sam Shaw, I think, was for a time, but I believe reports have now come in saying that he still is uh, with the company, I think. Oh, I so. remember. Yeah. Yeah, P, uh, P. Windsor made a correction on that. that he is yeah. The company. And apparently, according to them, uh, according to according to the inside, the cuts are basically due to cost-cutting measures as talent, the, the talents mentioned were being paid a monthly guarantee with an additional fee when they were booked for events. Officials also felt that the cuts were not being used regularly. Or they felt, sorry, the officials felt that those that have been cut weren't being used regularly enough, so it was no need to keep them under contract. And apparently there's been a lot of talk about cost-cutting ever since they went on the road, and some wrestlers have been grumbling about being paid late, and one talent says that apparently some have been paid two months late, which... Some of this, the reason why I bring it up is because TNA is supposed to be a mainstream talent, 
Yeah, arguably in their financial situations, they're kind of acting like a no, like a two-bit indie promotion kind of thing. It takes all the money and runs. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But with regards to those talents um, and their future in the indies, one we can obviously cross out is Madison Rain because she's pregnant. She's not going to be around on the indies for quite a while yet because she's got to have the baby first. Mm-hmm. But when she's had the baby, depending whether she wants to be, you know, a wrestler once she's gone into motherhood completely, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But if she hasn't, she's left her legacy in TNA, certainly. And um, doesn't she hold um, one of the other belts? One she of the held other the... Belt, I can't remember. Well, she held the KO title. Uh, yeah. Now, they think she might have held the, uh, the KO tag belt. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I believe she did at one point. Her and Gail Kim. Uh-huh. And I Joey think her Ryan. and, um, um, oh, good. her and, um, Velvet, I think, or Angelina, one of the beautiful people. But if anything, yeah. we'll probably see her back in Shimmer. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely a good fit. Of course, her Especially and- considering the shows are only done two or three times a year. Yeah. Or maybe Joey Shine. Ryan. Florida. Oh, go ahead. Or maybe Shine. Mm. Joey Ryan is kind of an obvious fit because he's. I don't know if he still does. I'm guessing he does now. Still owns part of. Um, PWG. So the question is whether he'll be a talent there properly or whether he'll just do backstage management kind of Excalibur style and then just do other shows. Mm. I know there has been some petitions kind of starting up on the internet asking for Joey Ryan not to come back. Mm. It's ridiculous in my opinion. But yeah. Definitely. Taylor Hendricks, uh, again, Shimmer Shine would want her like crazy, I'd have thought. Because she was a good talent. And she got put to waste. This now kind of makes me thankful that people like Eva Lise and Adam Pierce didn't get picked. Because if you look at it, I don't think Crimson went for a gut check. No, he was... They brought him in with Amazing Red. Yeah. He was relatively gut checked because he was green, wasn't he? Uh, no, nah, he had been wrestling he kept... before. He wrestled at AIW as Tommy Mercer. So okay, that's, yeah. That's probably... But they kind, of, they kind of angled him as an MMA background, didn't they? At first. Somewhat. Yeah. Mm. But Christian York. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because of because um, when Jarrett was doing the MMA stuff, he came in for Amazing Red. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Christian York gut check winner. Taylor Hendricks gut check winner. Jerry Ryan unofficial gut check winner because he still got signed up even though he lost. 
Things or didn't are, make it through anyway. Like I said on the Facebook page, things are looking up for Jay Bradley. <laughs> I was going to say Lady Tapper. Her too. Who? <laughs> I would say Wes Briscoe, but I think he's already... Uh, I think he's already too part of the main storyline to be thrown out of that. Yeah. But yeah, Taylor Hendricks, there'd be a lot of indie companies that wouldn't mind her. I mean... Well, well she, I, I believe she was at the, the the early Shine show, so there's a chance they'll bring her in. Mm-hmm. Christian York who's arguably the veteran of a lot of them because he was around back in the original ECW or in the latter part of that ECW back then. He could... I could see somebody like him probably doing some stuff for Dragon Gate or... uh, Obviously not Shikara now, but... I, yeah, the A- AAW, AIW kind of stuff. I think he could fit there. And Crimson. Crimson could fit in... I would Well, I would say could fit in Ring of Honor, but in essence, you've got too many guys like that. There now. What with Elgin and Tommaso Ciampa and... Uh, that kind of rough kind of stature and everything. But I can say there's no talents there really that look like they aren't going to have a future, at least for the next few years in the indie circuit. I see Crimson going back to IW, if anything. Same thing happened with uh, Michael Hutter, a.k.a. Derek Bateman. You could have an interesting feud there, definitely, yeah. Well, it looks like Hunter has a feud with Tim Daunt, but if things go to go according to plan, as they have with Tim Daunt, Michael Hunter's going to be parting ways with AIW soon, just like Eddie Kingston and Eddie Starr. <laughs> <laughs> like, he had the feud with Eddie, he was having the feud with Eddie Kingston, and then Eddie apparently quit, like, whenever that video was, he must have really hated the fans. And then we all know what happened with Eddie Starr, what... Well, the whole gauntlet for the gold, she eliminates him. They probably would have fought at Jaylen, especially how things went down, but she's not coming back anytime soon. And, um, well, you got Michael Hunter, <laughs> so that should work. Mm-hmm. Sandra? Uh, Taylor Hendricks, I already said, she'll probably get booked for Shine, uh, Server WSU. Uh, Christian York, um, yeah, that's a possibility of a few promotions might call him up. Uh, Jory Ryan, we all know he's going back to the, to the West Coast, PWG and, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, Crimson, uh, yeah, definitely AIW could, will definitely accept him back. Um, he might make a few appearances here and there. It depends if they're interested. But uh, should be interesting to see uh, who else might get axed from that company. Uh, I, I think the the best line was from uh, Jason Amico, who, comment, who commented on this, and when he at that point uh, supposedly Sam, Sam Shaw was released, and then he said, 
York and Shaw. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I said it's, it's strong, but it's there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's worth discussing that, certainly. So, now, quickly moving on to picks, and as it is 4th of July weekend, not as many wrestling shows this happening this past, or this coming week, should I say. So, first up, Full Impact Pro, FIP. Their Declaration of Independence coming this Friday. It is going to be on our pay-per-view from the Orpheum in Ebor City, Florida, which is going to be a busy week or so for the Orpheum, as next week is Shine 12 and the crowning of the first Shine Women's Champion. But uh, anyway, jumping through this, starting off with Derek Grise versus David Starr. Uh, for that one, I'll probably say Rise. Uh, I'll go with Derek Rose. Yeah, I'll say Derek Rose. Next up, uh, Mr. Milo Beastly versus El Cooter. Uh, just because <laughs> I don't know enough about these guys to make a, f- a fully informed decision. So I'll just give, I'll go with the one that seemingly has a bit of dignity because he calls himself Mister. So I'll go with uh, Milo Beasley. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Milo Beasley. I believe he. No, I've heard the name before. I believe he used to be a member of the Age of the Fall back in FIP. They actually had FIP exclusive members. I think he was one. Rain, yeah, Rain was another one, and I think it was really the only two there, but. Anyway, Beasley. Uh, I'm going to say Earl Cooter. (laughs) Next (laughs) up, four-way freestyle, and this is an interesting one. Latin Dragon versus the Magi Amasis versus Maxwell Chicago versus Jessica Havoc. Uh, Mainly because she is the Havoc death machine at the minute, and probably because they're going to use her to hype up Shine next week, I think Jessica Havoc could get the win here. This is pretty interesting here. And now, with, by the Maji Amasis, I'm wondering, do we mean the Amasis uh, Amasis? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be an interesting four-way there. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Jessica Havoc, too. I I, I wasn't going to say necessarily for Shine. I thought just because nothing gets the other three. Latin, Latin just because she's the Havoc death machine. Pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much going to be who I... Although I do like Maxwell Chicago. He's a pretty interesting character. Latin Dragon has some promise. Although you don't really see him in CZW now. As yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, no, go for it. I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You you were breaking up, so I thought you would stop. Oh uh, no. Um, I'm gonna say Jessica Havoc as well. Next up, 
Kenneth Cameron vs. Jason Rance. It was accompanied by MSL, apparently. Um, isn't Kenneth Cameron Black G's? No, that's Rashad Cameron. Kenneth oh, Cameron, Cameron. He used to be in the Ascension. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he, uh, before oh, he yeah. had his issues. Yeah. Was... Wasn't he the British one? Yes. I can't remember. Yes, that guy. Okay, I'm being biased. I'm going with the British guy. I'm going with Cameron. <laughs> uh, for a little clarification on their MSL, stands for Mr. St. Laurent, who you might have heard better from the MLW radio show. Because I know he does stuff with Conan. and he's We've got all your money. <laughs> he's, friends yeah, with, uh, he's friends with Chase and Rance and well, Sabisco as well. Probably no Santana, because, of course, that's who trained him. But uh, regardless, I'm, uh, I'm actually going with Kenneth Cameron here. Uh, not because he's British. Not because he's British. <laughs> but no, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go with Cameron. Or I'll go with Cameron. Uh, I'll say uh, Chase and Rance, because I think it's going to be some uh, shenanigans from MSL. Okay. Next up, Caleb Connolly versus Shane Strickland. This is a tough one. They could do this. They could angle this either way, but for this one, I'll actually say Strickland. Yeah, I was thinking this can really. This is a pretty even matchup. These are two guys really kind of on the rise here. So to say, Shane Strickland, who's really starting to really make a name for himself more than ever, this might be. If not this year, next year could definitely be a breakout year for Shane Strickland. Uh, I'm going to go with him on this one. You know, although Conley's been doing a lot, too. If anything, uh, breaking away from the scene was the best thing to work for him or for almost everybody involved. Except I haven't really heard from Scott Reed. But eh, it is what it is. So we're going to go uh, go with a swerve here, I guess. Because, you know, he does the swerve thing. Anyway, Shane Strickland. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Caleb Conley. Okay. Next up, a three-way match for the FIP World Tag Titles, as Dos Bendejos of Jay Rios and Eddie Cruz defend against the KOA of Sugar Dunga Tuganero and Epic, and the Bravado Brothers of Lance and Harlem with Trina Michaels. Uh. I think, because I vaguely remember the last show that FIP had, Vendejos got the title. I don't think they're going to drop it back to anyone else just yet. So I say uh, the champs retain. I was just thinking about changing my pick, too, after hearing that that they just won it. But I'll I'll keep with the pick I had, though. Uh, And it was not going to be... should I make a joke about Mia Yim and Leva Bates? Or okay, there's a joke right there. Um, <laughs> uh, paperclip. Well, I guess you could. Sign. Well, well, like I guess you could since uh, Leva Bates pretty much made it public. So yeah, I was gonna say like it's not <laughs> it's not that much of a paperclip. Like I could. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't want to do that at first. I'm like, oh, does it feel so? 
no curd in the pool. It's already yeah, the, pulled. The paperclip for them is to find the video of it on. Oh, well, yeah, possibly. <laughs> June 12th, of course. <laughs> but, um... Uh, uh, I'm going to say the KOA. The, uh, Duggerton and Epic, or Lock Up in Resistance Pro. <laughs> June 12th or July 12th? Well, she said June 12th, although it's July 12th. Which kind of sucks because it shows right on the graphic right when she says it. Yeah, I'm going to say the KOA as well. Say New Champs. Okay. Next up, the 0-1 International Junior Heavyweight title match. Jonathan Gresham defends against Lindsay Dorado. Um... For this one, I think there could be a title change, and I'm going to go with uh, Dorado. Uh, I'm going to say Jonathan Gresham. Uh, uh, I don't follow Zero One as I used to. Um, I've heard that uh, Jonathan Gresham has been um, being pushed very well in Zero One Japan. As they're making him their like big international star, although not that many people are talking about it. But I I really don't see them changing the belt, so I'm going to say uh, Grisham retain. Okay. So for main event, the world title on the line: John Davis with Monsieur Saint Laurent defending against Trent Beretta. I think just because he's getting quite a bit of momentum still, I think John Davis will probably retain the title here. I'm gonna say John Davis uh, will successfully defend the belt here. Okay. Yeah, John Davis retains. Alright, so that's FIP done. Finally, for this week, we've got a double header of shows from Wrestling is Awesome. Their first show, which is this Saturday, July the 6th, is coming from the Fairfield Community Centre on City One, Wa- on City One Water Street, sorry, in Fairfield, Maine. Uh, 7 p.m. bell time, with front row tickets for $15, general admission 10 and all the children get in free with an adult. So we start up here with uh, Jiving Jimmy and somebody called Andy. I don't know who he is. I probably should know who he is. But the problem is where it says who it actually is or what his name is, is basically they've decided to put text in front of text on the picture, which is a bit annoying. But it's basically driving Jimmy and somebody called Andy taking on Gene and Mac. That's all I can tell you. So for that reason, I'm just going to go with driving Jimmy. It just sounds a bit wonky. From what I can kind of see, it looks like it might be Kirby Mac. I see a wife, so I don't know exactly. So... Don't sue me if I'm wrong there, but uh Oh no, it might be Willie Mac. I don't know. 
No, I see a Y. I definitely see a Y. It could be spelling Willie wrong. <laughs> Since Shikara debut. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Jaden Mack. Uh, I'm going to say Gina Mack. Okay. Next up, this one I definitely can work out. Just oh, wait, 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 wait. I see it right now. At least one of them. Tabby back is one of them. She looked down. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you saw it. <laughs> it's like, get glasses on. Like 3D glasses is like a magic eye. I don't know. Next up, Shane Matthews versus Oleg the Usurper. Uh, I think Oleg will probably get the win here. Um, I'm going to Shane Matthews. I'm going to say Shane Matthews as well. Okay. Looking at it, and thanks to the wonders of Google and its automatic search... It's Jiving Jimmy and Andy McKenzie taking on Big Gene and Tommy Mac. I only found that out because of the text on the YouTube search for Jiving Jimmy, Tommy Mac. <clears throat> Try and make it clearer next time wrestling is awesome, please. Anyway. Next match, uh, Gervais Cottonbelly versus Juan Francisco de Coronado. Considering Cotton Belly seems to be on a losing streak, I think that sadly will continue and JFC will win. Gone with Juan Francisco de Coronado for the win. JFC for the win. Next, we have Joey Primer taking on Ice Cream Jr. I think for this one, you'll actually see... I think Joey Primer might win this one. I don't know if that's an upset or not, but I think Primer will win. Um, I don't see an ice cream winning, as I would say Joey Primer. <laughs> I'm going to say Ice Cream Junior. Okay. Next up, the Estonian Thunderfrog. Taking on El Hero the ice cream. I think for this one, Thunderfrog could win by DQ. As I somehow think Gloss Ice Creams will try and team up to take on the Thunderfrog. Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same thing and go. <coughs> Pause a little there. Uh, go for the Extodian Thunderfrog for the win. Breathe, Randy. Sandra. Uh, I hope you can hear me. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the Thunderfrog win. Okay. Next up, Drew Gulak versus... Well, is it Francis O'Rourke? Frank O'Rourke? If you've seen the promo that Frank, Francis, Biff Busick did, it's a pretty incredible one, mainly because of how... How much rage there is in him. Soul pain. I don't know what you want to call it. But uh, 
considering uh, Frank won the... Oh, that's something we forgot to cover, but I might cover it next week in full. But Frank won the Wrestling Is Respect tournament that happened. I think we'll cover that, that next... Uh, We'll cover that next week because we haven't got enough time now. But yeah, Frank, I will say Frank did win it. I think they're probably going to keep that going and uh, Frank will win. Um, yeah, every time I see O'Rourke, or, uh, or as he's known in other places, Biff Busick, he always seems to be pissed off or angry. Or actually, more as O'Rourke Busick, he's probably a bit more calm, but he does seem to have a mean streak about a very anger-filled, rage-filled person is uh, Mr. O'Rourke. And, of course, we remember the great match that these two had back at National Pro Wrestling Day. Which I believe Gulak went over in there. Uh, so, I'll just uh, go with O'Rourke here. He's been on a bit of a streak. Push, streak, something. Yeah. Thing. Anything that's good, that's been happening for him, so, uh, or for the win. Uh, I'm going to say Frank O'Rourke. Okay. Next, we've got the four-corner elimination match <clears throat> with Max Mashmaster, Scott Jagger Parker, Latvian Proud Oak, and Johnny Primer. I think for this one, I think it'll actually be the Latvian Proud Oak that goes over. Um, I'm going to say Max Smashmaster. I'm going to say Smashmaster as well. Okay. And then, in what looks to be the main event, Green Ant taking on Yaka. Um... I think that this one I'm actually gonna say I'm gonna say Yaka for the first one. Yeah. I'm gonna say Yaka as well. I'm gonna say Yaka as well. Okay. And uh, after that Saturday show, July the seventh on the Sunday, they're gonna be in Rochester. New Hampshire, the, the American Legion Hall at 94 Eastern Avenue. In this, we've got uh, first up Andy McKenzie versus Oleg the Usurper. See, here I think there could be an upset and uh, McKenzie gets the win. Um, I'm going to say Oleg the Usurper. Yeah, I'm going to say Oleg as well. Next up, Dalton Castle versus Juan Francisco de Coronado. I think because he's had a push before in the wrestling, I think they actually might give the win here to Dalton Castle. There's a little bit of an upset, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll go with Dalton Castle. Yeah, I'm going to say Dalton Castle as well. Okay. Uh, we've got next up Lost Ice Creams taking on the team of Hack and Slash. 
So I'm trying to remember. Why do I recognise their names for some reason? X and Smash. Ah. Uh, um. I don't think it's them. I don't. Not sure. I still. Uh. I. I think. Just, just for the sound of their names, I think Hack and Slash will probably win. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll go with Hack and Slash too. I'm gonna say Los Ice Cream. Okay. Uh, next up, we have uh, Drew Gulak versus Tommy Mac. I think for this one. Uh, Gulak will get the win. Yeah, Gulak. Drew Gulak. Uh, next one, an interesting one here. Hallowicked versus Francis, Frank, whatever you want to call him, O'Rourke. I think Hallowicked actually might get the win here. No. What probably could be seen as an upset. I'm going to say Hella Wicked. Yeah, I'm going to say Hella Wicked as well. Okay. Uh, next up, Jiving Jimmy versus Yaka. Um, I'm thinking Yaka's probably going to get the win here. I'm going to say Yaka too. Uh, yeah, Jack as well. Then it's the four-team battle pit. It's a bit of an interesting name. Uh, 3.0, the Baltic Siege, the Devastation Corporation, and the Primer Brothers will be taking each other on. Um... My my head says Devastation Corporation, but my heart says they might actually put 3.0 over. But I'm going to go with a Baltic Siege. Because I think, well, ugh, that's the thing. Could we, depending who's available, could we see the Baltic Siege go head-to-head -head with Azerbaijan? And the proletariat bore of Moldova, because that could be an angle that they did, they could go. But I'll say three point zero anyway. I'm gonna say three point zero as well. I'm gonna say Devastation Corporation. And then finally. Green Ant versus Gervais Cottonbelly. Um, for this one, I think Green Ant will probably get the win and continuing Cottonbelly's bad run of form. Um, Green Ant. It's uh, kind of strange that in the main event you have two baby faces in the main event. Um, uh, you know what? I'm going to say uh, Cotton Bell is going to get the upset win. Okay. So, uh, that is all for us.
this week. Hopefully, well, I'm pretty damn sure it's been a shorter show than last week. As I say, we're not trying to make the shows as long now. We're trying to cut them down actively. We're actually looking at the time of where segments go, so we aren't overrunning ridiculously. But, uh, yeah, uh, make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network. Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern, you've got Unplugged with Jeff and Bronx. Then, first, I think because of the summer break and everything, I don't think Running the Ropes is live, but you can catch that on podcast. I'll mention it again when we get to the podcast in a minute. Fridays, you've got the open book with myself and Sean at 10 Eastern. Uh, then, Sunday Night Showdown on pay per view weekends, which is going to be next week. Next weekend, should I say, for Money in the Bank. Expects a lot of coverage from uh, Shark and Jeff and Harmony if uh, she's back and Bronx and whoever else is probably in the chat room. Uh, Podcast-wise, apart from Running the Ropes, you got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. you got The Hard Way. You've got the Elite Force podcast, both the midweek and weekend editions. And you've got us. I think that's everything covered, so... Remember, if you want to get in contact with us, either hit us up on our Facebook page, just search Whole Indie Show, and put your comment there, and we'll respond to it on the next show, or... We may even comment, you know, as we may even comment on the Facebook page itself. Keep an eye on there as well for any news that you want from the indies, results, big stories, whatever. It'll all be there. And also, you can get in contact in us. I guess I, I wouldn't call it the old-fashioned way because I don't want to call email old-fashioned, but. You can get in contact with us via email just by messaging us at wholeindy at snsradionetwork.com. That's wholeindy spelt T-H-O-L-E-I-N-D-Y at snsradionetwork.com. So, with that being said, uh, any final thoughts from you, Randy? Um, nothing really that I can think of off the bat. Just, um, yeah, I'm just leaving it at that. I really have nothing to say. <laughs> Sandra, have you got something to say? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, first off, hope everybody has a, a safe and uh, happy 4th of July weekend for everybody in the U- good old U.S. of A. Second off, uh, there's certain someone that thinks that what's going on in the wrestling world is apparently the end for wrestling, and it's the worst time since 2001 with TNA cutting people, Ring of Honor, you know, canceling their live like, pay-per-view. Apparently, uh, promotions in Japan are cutting people off, and blah blah blah. Chikara is dead. 
That was the dumbest. That was probably the dumbest statement I've seen on the SNS Facebook page. But <laughs> that's that's not gonna happen. You know, who, we're not Chill naming out. names. You know who you are. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I, why that went so deep? I don't know, but. Well, chill the fuck out. It's nothing like that. You know, it is what it is, and just accept it. Uh, lastly, uh, check us out on iTunes. Going six hours. <laughs> well, lastly, check us out on iTunes. Just search for SNS Radio Network. Where under that um, that name, give us a rating, leave us feedback, whether it's positive or negative. And if it's negative, give constructive criticism. Don't just don't say we suck and there's no reason. Don't just say fail. Exactly. That's all I got to say. So, uh, with that, <clears throat> Song of the Night is, I guess, a British song and an American song to celebrate American independence of sorts. It's Estelle featuring Mr. Kanye North by Northwest. Whatever you call Kim Kardashian's kid. Uh, and American Boy. Because mainly I didn't want to go with the stereotypical let's play Hendrix, let's play Bruce Springsteen. Because there's probably plenty of time for that in upcoming weeks. Yeah. For various other shows that are very American themed. But with that being said, this was Ashley. That was Randy, eventually. And Sandro as well. And all of that was your weekly slice of indie goodness. Hope everybody has a safe and good weekend. And we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone. Peace. Don't die for fireworks. I'm amazed he didn't even say free AK-47. But she's already free. <sighs> Is she truly free being stuck in a sushi bar in Japan? Come on. Mm, well, <laughs> he does like sushi, so... As long as she's not eating dolphin. Champion sound, yeah, Estelle, we about to get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Just touched down in London town. Bet they give me a pound. Tell them put the money in my hand right now. Better promoter, we need more seats. We just sold out all the floor seats. Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York, I'd love to see LA. I really want to come pick you
He was cute before. Look at this peacoat. Tell me he's broke. Woo! And I know you ain't into all that. I heard your lyrics. I feel your spirit. But I still talk that cat ass. Cause a lot of wags wanna hear it. And I'm feeling like Mike at his baddest. Like the pips at the gladdest. And I know they love it. So they hell with all that rubbish. Would you be my love? Would you be mine? Would you be my love? Would you be mine? Could you be mine? So wrong. 